Odell, 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 Odell. I'm going to be honest, boys. I'm going to be honest, boys. Our man is in the land, and he's ready to take everybody by the hand and let them know that the plan is to stand. Odell! They traded you, Odell. They moved you to Cleveland, and I believe Lind. It is about to get wild. I am telling you, I have a lot of vitriol for Mr. Gettleman. I have a lot of excitement for Odell. For those of you not watching, I am holding the portrait because I need to connect with the best wide receiver in the NFL. I'm going to put this down. I'm going to take a deep breath. I'm going to process what is happening. Never in my wildest dreams did I think that Le'Veon Bell would come to New York and it would be by far the second biggest news story of the day. Here's the plan. Tuesday late afternoon, I recorded a podcast with the Stick to Football crew. You know them as Matt Miller. You know them as Connor Rogers. Great conversation. Everything from how do you handle this part of the year when people are purposely lying to you? What do they think about the drafts? What do they think about Haskins? What do they think about Kyler Murray? Is he really not measuring at his pro day? Miller also secretly broke news on Tuesday evening about D Ford. And as you listen, you realize he was kind of playing me. But that was before Le'Veon. That was before Odell. That was before a lot of the moves, so I want to catch you up. And if you hear us repeat news and go, I wonder if Le'Veon's going to go to the Jets, just bear with us. It was my only chance to get them in studio, and I really wanted to talk to those guys. It was great to have them. I can't believe they traded Odell. Okay, some other news that has happened. First, let me go podcast with you. Homies, great to see you, 33%. I appreciate y'all. I really do. From the comment sections to the DMs to Twitter and Instagram, you guys have honestly been giving 34%, and I appreciate it. Uh, And and so thank you. In terms of switching the amendments, boy, are people getting upset. Some people are going, absolutely, let's make Patrick Mahomes the greatest quarterback we've ever seen. Some people are going, how dare you? How dare you move on from Aaron Rodgers after one season of Patrick Mahomes? And to you, I say, one season and one game. Don't forget that Denver game. But I think it's a very fair uh, battle. Um, I'm going to be going again to Atlanta on Thursday night if you want to watch me on that NBA Twitter show. But I'm going to officially put up another form to get a vote of Aaron Rodgers versus Patrick Mahomes. It's too evenly split. I mean, people are saying, have some respect for yourself. Mahomes is definitely the greatest quarterback we've seen. You're an idiot. I I I love it. That makes me happy. When it comes to football dad... I got a few in here. I got Howie Long for sure, says TJ Huago. He's raised some super studs. He'd be great for you. Reg P2 says Mike Lombardi. He needs to talk more, and he seems like a good football dad. I thought that was pretty good as well. Uh, Someone even got in my comments and said, hey, forget football dads. What about a football stepbrother? And we get Blake Bortles. Not a bad idea. I do think we need to call Bortles. I do think that's funny. That one was Sean W. Show. In terms of our favorite coach, a lot of y'all love Sean McVay. I got a lot of Frank Wrights. I got a lot of Freddie Kitchens. I think I'm going to narrow that down to four or five and put that on the form as well. And maybe I'll announce that. No, correction. I'm going to announce it next Tuesday 
when I maybe welcome on my new football, excuse me, my new sports uncle, Charles Barkley. 35-minute Charles Barkley podcast coming on Tuesday. It was awesome. Get excited. Other NFL news that we weren't able to talk about because it happened uh Overnight and also Wednesday, now that it's officially the free agency year has started. Chiefs cut Eric Berry. A little bit surprising. Kind of shows you where he is with that uh, that injury to his leg. Uh, they, of course, went and got Tyron Matthew. I had kind of hoped Tyron Matthew, Eric Berry. I know they were in uh, the uh, Earl Thomas sweepstakes. I thought kind of having both of them would be cool, but they move on from Eric Berry. And as I'm recording this, there are rumors that Eric Berry could be going to Cleveland. Ravens made two big moves after losing four key cogs of their defense. They pick up Mark Ingram, the running back. He's going to be the load back. He's going to get a majority of the carries. But again, they love Gus Edwards. That will be your two-headed monster, Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram coming up to Baltimore. Love that guy. Going to be a good fit. The other guy, though, for Baltimore, Earl Thomas. A lot of people say, I see saying, you know, Earl Thomas got a lot of money, a lot more than Eric Weddle got. Earl Thomas is a, a lot faster than Eric Weddle. He's younger than Eric Weddle. He's more explosive than Eric Weddle. There is obviously concern him coming off of an injury, but Earl Thomas was one of the coveted special players in this free agency crop. And I think that having him back there with their three cornerbacks, um, with a good safety like they have a really solid five or six in their secondary that I I look at the Ravens and I go they got to play the Steelers you know they got to play this Browns attack now with uh, Baker Mayfield and Odell and Jarvis and Njoku they have a good secondary to compete I like the moves of the Ravens interesting for you know the first offseason for their new GM Eric DaCosta Raiders pick up Tyrell Williams uh, another good option there with Antonio Brown to give Derek Carr a pretty nice wide receiving core. Tyrell Williams has size. He was always good for an over-the-top shot, and I'm excited to see kind of what happens. I'm getting breaking news right now. Four years, $44 million, 22 guaranteed. So it's a it's a two-year contract for 11 a year. Very fair value for a big guy that has speed that I hope Derek Carr could take advantage of. D. Ford. Traded from the Chiefs to the Niners. You'll hear Matt Miller break it down a little bit. He was a guy that opens them up to really take Nick Bosa in the draft. They got all those big guys in the middle. Arik Armstead, uh, Buckner, and now they get a true pass rushing threat in D4. Gave him a lot of money. Uh, I know some people were concerned about D Ford because, you know, there's not a consistent amount of production, but there was a reason he went in the first round. There's a reason he had a ton of sacks last year. There's a reason why they franchised him and and the Chiefs did and let Justin Houston go. But D. Ford goes to the 49ers and gives them a pass rusher that they've really been looking for since Doomerville. I mean, since Alden Smith and all that crap happened. They, they, they've kind of been missing that guy around the edge. Um, I'm not going to count, you know, Marsh and all that, but... Gives him, and then, you know, Nick Bosa goes on the other side, and, man, now you got to fierce and force him. I don't know. Do you draft Josh Allen, the, the linebacker? But I, I think it opens him up, and he deserves the money, and the Niners had money to spend. Bears, I thought this one was cool, get Cordaro Patterson. 
I love when Swiss Army Knife weapons go to good offensive coordinators. Patriots know how to use them. Uh, Looks like the Bears are going to have to move on from Jordan Howard. I don't think Cordero Patterson is your traditional running back, but he can get three, four carries, uh, and Nagy can use them in very creative ways. Le'Veon Bell goes to the Jets. Uh, You'll hear when we talked with Connor and Matt, we all predicted it was going to happen. We all thought it would. I put on Simpson Lefko. Le'Veon Bell secures the bag, and a lot of people on Twitter got mad at me because he didn't get a lot of money or as much money as we thought he was going to get. There was this notion that Le'Veon Bell turned down $15 million a year in expectation of getting 17, 18. There's the famous TMZ clip where he's walking down the street and he says, I'm going to get 100 mil. There was the quote where he said, would you go to the Jets for 60 mil? He said, hell no. He's getting 61 in terms of all the possible maxes. So it was a little underwhelming. It was not a great year for him to sit. James Conner really took down his value. Everything that happened with Kareem Hunt and then being replaced by Damian Williams and him having so much success, it only further emboldened NFL franchises to go, I know you had 90 catches, but we can still get this running game going with someone a lot less expensive. I'm going to specifically call out my man, Meatloaf, who said, this show is just becoming a player-friendly podcast and not really looking at brass tacks and saying he made a mistake. I said secure the bag, Meatloaf, because when you sign a deal for 30-plus million, I mean, bro, that's still a fucking bag. Like, that's a bag. So I'm happy that Le'Veon Bell got money. He took a risk. He did not get the super money that he needed. But I could also make the argument, I don't know if he'd want to be in Pittsburgh right now. Kind of seems like a place where, I don't know, go to New York. Be the face of New York now that Odell is gone. Go to a team that's going to use you all the time. Not saying that I think Pittsburgh is a better franchise overall than the Jets. But with all the turmoil going on, Look, man, the dude's a fucking running back, and they don't get fucking paid. Uh, I don't know what to tell you. I'm happy for Le'Veon Bell. He responded to one of my DMs, all right? I became a little bit of a sucker. That's my self-scout. I know it didn't work out. But, you know, sometimes you got to get away a red. you got to get rid of that X uh, to find new pastures and see what's really going on. Uh, but I, I don't think it was a shock. It sounded kind of like the Jets were negotiating against themselves, and that's how we got here. All right. Ah, this thing is freaking heavy, man. Odell. Let me talk about why this is amazing for Odell. The Giants have proven that they're an organization that has no rudder. The Giants seem like an organization, in the words of the man, Evan Silva. Maybe they're just listening to Francesa and the fan base. The fact that Olivier Vernon, Landon Collins, and Odell Beckham Jr. were all outlasted by Eli Manning is preposterous. Saquon Barkley is the Will Smith Fresh Prince meme walking into the house and nobody is there. Let me tell you the positives for Odell Beckham. 
Eli Manning can't throw the ball over 40 yards, Baker Mayfield is going to be a top-five quarterback for the next 10 years. Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, David Njoku, solid offensive line, Baker Mayfield, and an offensive coach in Freddie Kitchens. Yeah, coming for ya. He has his wide receivers coach. I talked to someone close to Odell. It's his wide receivers coach from LSU who worked with Jarvis and Odell at LSU. He was also on the New York Giants staff when he first got there. Odell is going to a situation that is custom made for comfort. He's not on an island anymore with some GM talking out of both sides of his mouth and an owner that's always ready to speak down to him. He's got his best friend. He's got his former coach. He's got a quarterback that can make it go. And can we also talk about the perfect balance between Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry? Even if they weren't best friends, even if they didn't go to LSU together, is there a more perfect pairing of wide receivers, route runners, and compliments than Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry? Jarvis Landry is quick in a phone booth, has the most reliable hands in the NFL, and can work the middle of the field. Odell Beckham can stretch a defense, take a ball 80, and is a constant threat. They were made for each other. And for any fan out there that thinks that Odell is just a diva and he's going to get upset, he has the support system around him to never get complacent. Ever. And he secured the bag. And Landry secured the bag. They're both paid. Neither of them have to worry about getting paid. Competition. What's going to happen? They love each other. I didn't even mention Antonio Callaway's speedy ass. The Cleveland Browns and this situation for Ardell are incredible. The Browns have the largest registered fan base in the country. Odell's going to be the number one selling jersey for darn near the entire year. The Steelers are imploding. The Ravens' defense was slowly falling apart, and I'm not sure yet if Lamar's going to throw themselves into the playoffs and the Bengals. Well, you know the punchline there. If he was still in New York... He'd have another year of Eli where he's the bad guy. He'd have a year of a rookie quarterback where he'd be the bad guy. And his entire prime would be wasted. If the Browns win big, Odell will be as big as LeBron. Baker will be bigger than LeBron. Odell will be as big. And I mean that. If you know Cleveland, it's Cleveland Browns football. This is a team that hasn't been called a winner forever. If this man goes there and they take the strides, they're going to be on national TV damn near eight to ten times. The Cleveland Browns are America's team. And I want to put this down and I want to look in the camera really quick. Old takes exposed. I'm not afraid.
The Cleveland Browns will be a Super Bowl contender for the next decade. Put it on wax. Write it on ink. Put it on my body. I don't care. I'm not getting a tattoo. That was a, a little bit too serious. And as you can tell, I have a sweat on my brow and that was a little bit too much. The Cleveland Browns are coming. Look at every other team that could be stopping them in years to come. The Steelers, declining. The Chargers, Phillip Rivers is getting up there in age. Chiefs, boy, that battle's going to be sweet. But I like the Browns' defense. Have you seen their defensive line? It's freaking incredible. Miles Garrett, Olivier Vernon, and they just signed Sheldon freaking Richardson. The Jets, up and coming, nowhere near what the Browns are doing. Andrew Luck and the Colts, love them. Not a big fan of Andrew Luck's ability to throw the ball downfield for years to come. That's going to be a concern. Texans, good, not where the Browns are. Jaguars, got talent. Nick Foles doesn't have that many years left, not as long as Baker frickin' Mayfield. The Bills, let's see if Josh Allen can throw a slant. There's only one team because it's always that one team that could ruin this, and it's the Patriots. But you know that if I said to you, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick will be there for six more years, you'd look at me and say, I'm crazy. There is no team in the NFL more prepared and poised to dominate the next decade than the Cleveland Browns. Old takes exposed. Come at me, bro. I don't care. I'm all in. Freddie Kitchens might win Coach of the Year. Baker Mayfield might win MVP. And Odell Beckham could be on the back of a parade float getting toasted while Dave Gettleman looks on in dismay. Let me take my attention to Dave Gettleman as I calm down. Because Dave Gettleman, I salute you. As an Eagles fan, I appreciate it. I couldn't have done better if I went in there myself. And I talked to a lot of people, some people in the Giants organization, some people that are Giants fans. Let me say this, because I did have some people reach out to me and say, hey, Adam, I'm a Steelers fan, and you went really hard on the Steelers, and it kind of hurt my feelings during a tough time. Let me speak to the Giants fans out there, because I'm not trying to be a hater on fans. I'm a hater on people. I'm a hater on personnel. I'm a hater on front office and owners. Giants fans, I'm legitimately sorry. I am. I, I can't imagine what it's like to lose the young icon on your defense and the young icon on your offense. I'm thrilled you still got Saquon. I'm happy you got two first-round picks to hopefully find a guy. But, man, I'm sorry. I, I was talking to a Giants fan in the office today, and they were – it was like a death. It was like a funeral. And I'm going to say this. For one week – I am opening the bandwagon to be an Eagles fan. I know. But Adam, I want to be a Browns fan. If you want to jump on that popular bandwagon, like I think they're going to win it all, but I'm still being a fan of my team. You know that every time you watch Odell, you're going to think about him being in that red, white, and blue. So go with what caused you to get here. Green. Gettleman didn't want to dish it out. The Eagles are willing to. Come down, I-95, boys. 
Come down, fly, spread those wings, and get used to beating the Giants twice a year. If I was a Giants fan, I would take up the offer. Because I'm sure as hell not supporting a team run by Dave Gettleman. But Adam, he needed to make the moves to fix all those big contracts at Jerry Reese. They couldn't pay Olivier and Landon Collins. And you know what? Because they had to go through this transition with Eli, it made sense to get rid of Odell, to free up cap room, to give them an insane amount of cap room with a rookie quarterback. And to all that, I say I agree. But I don't celebrate a toddler for cleaning up a mess that he made. This was Gettleman's fault. I'm sure as hell not giving him credit for trying to fix it. And to give up all those studs and to get one first-round pick? Okay. I just look at Gettleman. Two years ago, bro, you could have moved on from Eli. One year ago, you didn't need to give Odell the contract if you weren't sure, causing yourself to have $21 million in dead money. Excuse me, 16. You paid him $21.5 million last year for 12 games. You made the mistake. And if the Giants are cleaning house and we look around and it's completely bare, send out the maid too. Gettleman, you cleaned up your own mess, pack your bags, take a walk through the door. Ernie Acorsi, thanks so much, man, for making that recommendation of an old friend that did the same damn thing in Carolina. Got rid of Josh Norman, alienated Greg Olson, made all the offensive players, including D'Angelo Williams, uncomfortable to go up to the front office. Thank God we got your friend to be the GM of the Giants. Just another example of the NFL caring about each other and not caring about winning. You see Bill Belichick yesterday? Had his shirt off, diving in the pool, laying out there, getting a back tan. You know why? Because when you get a target on it, it might as well look good. Bill Belichick ain't doing this stuff. John Dorsey ain't doing that stuff. The Eagles ain't doing that stuff. The Colts and Frank Wright and Chris Bauer, they're not doing this stuff. It's the organizations that are run by these archaic GMs that believe whatever they do is always right. Couldn't be further from the truth. Gettleman, you cleaned house. Take your supplies and join them. That felt really good. That felt really good. My only thing I'm going to say about the Browns, there's two people that could mess it up, and their last name is Haslam. When you read that Seth Wickersham article on ESPN and you saw how they sat in every meeting and, and as it got bigger, they wanted to be more involved and they alienated people. And four years, it was supposed to be a four-year rebuild. And two years in, he fired Sashi Brown and completely changed course and, and had Rich Ray Farmer and all that. Sit down. Be the owner. Don't ruin this. You have one of the youngest teams in football and the core is beautiful. Please, Haslam family, I beg you, I beg you, let the Browns be great. Let the Browns be great. The only one that can ruin this is you. That's it. Now we got our boys, Matt Miller, 
Connor Rogers, Stick to Football, always fun. Make sure you go and subscribe to their podcast. As always, if you can watch us on YouTube, like, share, subscribe. That's great. Same thing with podcast. And if you ever see a clip that you really like, message me. Hit me up personally. At Adam Lefko. I ain't too proud. I got to fly all the freaking time now. And that's when I answer DMs. I love you guys. I appreciate your 33%. I'm giving you my 33%. And here's Matt Miller and Connor Rogers each giving 16.5. Be well, everybody. I have two buddies in the studio and it feels so good. Stick to football. We have Matt Miller. We have Connor Rogers, even though I pointed at the wrong one. How are you guys? Good. That new music is good. Absolutely. Shout out Rod Gorgeous. It's really good. Because Rod was like, what kind of music do you want? I was like, I'm I'm more of a funky George Parla, like George Clinton. And he made it. And I was like, put it in my veins. He he nailed it. He nailed it. What's up? Oh, a, a lot. lot of shit, dude. Yeah. Holy My crap. God. So, Miller, you're in town because we're having like an NFL summit. Bleach yeah. Report's trying to figure out what we're going to do to kind of change our coverage to the NFL and like get it like new and fresh. We do it every year. Uh, and I was like, you got to come in studio. So and I'm, I'm here. excited you guys are here. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's been, I'm brain dead because we've been in meetings all day. We recorded yes. Stick to Football this morning. Yes. And like the whole time you've seen me and Connor's seen me, I'm like, Constantly, like, looking at my phone. Like, right. I'm not Adam Schefter, but, like, I get a lot of texts and stuff. Usually after the fact. It'll be, like, you know, an, an executive being like, look who we just signed. Like, they yes. want to brag about it. Instead of send me that text three minutes ago on, Man. you know, let me feed my kids. Um, NFL free agency has been crazy. You're here. You are a Jets fan. You are – and, by the way, we're, I'm recording this Tuesday afternoon. Um, and so Anthony Barr – the Jets no had a, the big. The Jets had a big free agent day. Yeah. I'm like, wow, C.J. Mosley and Anthony Barr. Yeah, and then Anthony Barr went and turned around for less money and went to the Vikings. Take away your analyst hat. As a fan, were you upset? Not really. Okay. Because at the end of the day, like he's a really good player, but it wasn't like like C.J. Mosley was the grand prize. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like if he walked away, it would have been devastating. It's not like when they missed out on Kirk Cousins. He was upset about that one. Were yeah. you really? Yeah, I think so. I get it. I, well, I think it was more you know, less about being upset about it and be like, well, what, what are they going to do now? Because they were picking sixth. Yeah, right, and they did, right, right, right. Granted, they figured it all out. Things You're right. Okay. If you guys would have kept Barr but lost Mosley, it would have been like, oh, no, no. We kind of wanted Barr because of Mosley. 100%. Yeah. Everything that Mosley does would have given Barr the freedom. Yes. To run around and make plays. The biggest question now, and it's, I mean, we're recording this now, things could change, is do they allocate that money the right way? Do they come away with Le'Veon Bell, maybe a center in Matt Paradis? Then I'll walk away and be like, oh, fuck Anthony Barr. When this podcast comes out Thursday morning, is Le'Veon Bell in the Jets? I think so. I say yes. I think so, too. Yeah. I mean, I'm seeing a lot of stories where his camp is kind of floating out the Baltimore Ravens just to kind of put out the notion that another team is interested. Yep. But all the other stories are, it's a done deal. Not a strong market for no. Le'Veon Bell. And we had said that for uh, about a month a and a half time. now. We were like, who are the Jets bidding against? Because yeah. everyone went, oh, the Colts. The Colts were never in on this no. guy. They had Marlon Mack. And, and once you realize that like the Bucks weren't going to get in and the Raiders weren't going to pay him after they right. paid Trent Brown and LaMarcus Joyner... You really sat around and like, okay, well, where's the market? Because he wants a lot of money. There are only so many teams that could pay that. Once you eliminate need and money, yes. it's like, okay, he's going to be a New York Jet. Yeah. But that's the thing with Le'Veon. No, so, like, what is it like to, to be the team that's going to get Le'Veon Bell? Like, what's it like to root for that team? 
I mean, it's a little scary because Le'Veon's such a wild card yeah. right now. But on the flip side, let's just keep the glass half full here. It's the most perfect acquisition for Sam Darnold. Mm. I mean, I don't Him want... and Jamison Crowder is perfect. like... That's what you want for Sam Darnold. Totally. Everything 10 yards and under, now you have guys all that can... All the check downs. All yeah. of the check and, downs. And you know they have the deep threat in Robbie Anderson. Yeah. So you're like, okay, this might not have the Julio Jones, this group, but it's a pretty complete group where you feel a lot more comfortable about it. What I like about it, too, is a lot of times your GM has made the splashy signings, yep. and these are splashy, but it doesn't feel over the top. Over the top, and keep in mind they're building a core. These guys are 26. They're all mm. entering their prime. The Jets aren't going one-year window. They're going three- to four-year window, which is a much better feeling. And I think uh, Connor's tired of hearing me say this. The salary cap is fake. Yeah. It's not real. I don't care how much C.J. Mosley signed for because next year he's going to be the eighth-highest-paid linebacker instead of the first. Like It's constantly changing. Like, yeah. Look at Jimmy Garoppolo. Everyone freaked out. Jimmy Garoppolo is now the 22nd-highest-paid quarterback in the NFL. It's pretty wild. Also, if you look at the salary cap, it goes up like $10 million every year. Right. I saw someone tweet this out, and I can't remember who it was, so I apologize. They should say the percentage of the salary cap that the new contract right. is for a team, I agree. not the number. Right. Like They're giving Landon Collins. 12%. You'd be like, 12%? That's crazy. No, that's These other numbers are make-believe. And also, the numbers that are coming out during the tampering window aren't right. real. Oh, like They're like too. max. You know, okay, well, C.J. Mosley will get $84 million if he makes every Pro Bowl for the rest of his life. Right. You know, like, that's not uh, going to happen. Uh, yeah, it's fake Devin Funches isn't getting $14 million a year from the Colts. He'll probably get like 9 or 10 yeah. with a lot of incentives. So it's like, it's silly season where every agent right now, and like, I know Landon Collins' agent well. We're buddies. Yeah. He wants to be the agent of the highest paid safety Of football. course. Like, you want that because guess where he can go now? He can to go the draft to LSU or to Alabama, and he can say yeah. to Grant Delpit, guess what? I just the got guy that got this line. safety deal. And yeah. also, it says six years on the deal. Like, I love the years of deals. Yes. They always get cut in half. They I believe do. I believe that, um, and the NFL Network and ESPN would never do this, but it, it underneath it should say the guaranteed money should be prorated to, like, so like Landon was like six for 84, which really should be like three for 56. Like, that's what it, it should be. That's how you it, have to read the contract. Yes. It should how be many, translated. Right. How many years of guaranteed money? The rule normally is if you get guaranteed money after year two, it's mm. a good contract. Landon got right. that. I think Mosley's getting that. It, but, like, yep. These, Everything else is options. Yeah. Once you get into those years three, usually four, it just it's team options. Remember when Ryan Tannehill signed for a hundred million dollars? Everybody's like, "Oh my God, oh my Ryan God. Tannehill!" And uh, he's already cut. Like he's already gone. Uh, yeah, I want to make one. sure that uh, whether you have like your Slack or if any breaking news happens, we'll cover it. Like I just saw Roger Saffold signing with the Titans. Yep. That was one of my. I have a list of guys that we haven't heard from yet, but Roger Saffold's one of those guys. Solid interior offensive line play is hard to find. Yep. The Titans for the last few years have had their tackles figured out, yeah. but their guards have been an issue. And if you're going to run it with all those guys, including your quarterback, you need him. So I, I like the sign. Another good addition. I mean, they went out and they got Adam Humphreys, which is the perfect Marcus Mariota target. Now right. you go get a guard. And I thought the Humphreys contract was really well done. Saffold, I think none of the concerns about on the field. It's about his medical. Yeah, so I know yes. some teams interested. They had medical concerns. But film-wise, it's it's a home run if that's what you're getting. And I think he had a lot of offers out there. So yeah. picking Tennessee, like you said, you want to – you want to open holes for Derrick Henry. Yeah. They had a need at left guard. So it's the Titans, you know? I say, oh, it's the Titans. Yeah, you don't get too excited. Yes, it's okay. The the other names that have not signed that I think we're, we were expecting more news from, Daryl Williams, the top tackle, haven't yep. heard anything. The obvious. Buzz. 
or buzz. No buzz. Uh, I always wonder if you're a, if you're a player, do you want an agent that manufactures buzz, or is it okay <sighs> to lay low? It depends, because like, look at what the Packers did. Everybody thought they were asleep right. the first day, and then you wake up, and it's like, holy the smokes, they signed three that. guys. Yeah, yeah I mean, nobody nobody really had you know the mostly kind of details of it, I'd right. say. Or Crowder, definitely not Crowder. Yes. So it depends on the team. I, even, I think like Le'Veon is the perfect example of an agent manufacturing buzz. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I absolutely agree with that. And, like, does it all matter? I always worry about that. You know, because I, I definitely get used, you know, with, with – how with do you, my that's, job. Okay, so let's you want to go there? Yeah, let's do a little thing. Like, <laughs> we would love how, to go there. Because we were just out of draft season. The combine is like the ultimate bullshit meter all the time uh, because it's, it's league deals and draft evaluations. Yeah. The next few weeks, people are totally going to be manipulating you guys. Like, you're going to be getting messaged by oh, agents yeah. or teams trying to throw off other teams. Like, how do you yeah. deal with that? You have to know your relationships. You know, just like... I've known the both of you for years. We've yeah. we've broken bread together. We've had a lot of drinks together. I trust you. If you told me something, I trust you. We're yeah. friends. If some guy just walked in from the office and was like, oh, hey, Miller, by the way, I don't know that guy. So you have to – I think you have to vet where your information comes from. But I, I've also been used by my friends. That's and, what I'm going to say. And I've had guys uh, – God, I wish I could tell that story. Uh, there was a – very blatantly last year, uh, someone told me two days before the draft, our coaches are, like, making a late push for this guy. Like, you – Put it out there. Okay, I did. It wasn't true. They were trying to make sure that no one, like they were generating interest for another player, but wanted the media and they wanted other teams to think that they really liked this one guy. So do you text him the next day and go yeah, WTF? You, yeah. And then say, what do they what say the back? cursing policy on this podcast? Is you can say, one? what the fuck? Okay. Yeah, you do. And it's like, sorry, <laughs> man. Like, frick? I owe you one. And then do they pay you back? Yeah, always. Wow. And did you feel okay with that? Because there's part of you that's like, hey, I appreciate no, the nugget yeah, later, no, but I also feel used. No, yeah, you feel a little dirty. And it's it's hard. And I would bet that if you had Adam Schefter on here, if you had Ian Rappaport on here, I don't know if they would be as transparent about it, but it happens to anyone who works in the distributing of information for the NFL because it is a trade-off. Like, it, you scratch my back, I scratch yours, and then, you know, but every now and then you just get, you get used a little bit. What's the biggest piece of information? And- was there ever a story that you knew, but you weren't confident to put it out, and you're like, damn, if I would have broken that, that would have been pretty awesome? Oh, I, Connor probably remembers more than I do, because all the time I'm like, if, why didn't I do this? Yep. Um, yeah, no, yes, like okay, you, I got one. I do, I'm not going to put you out there. <laughs> so, <laughs> you're like, I, I'm, yeah. I love that you thought about yeah. it. Because here, like, this is, my, this is my relationship with news. I think that it is an insufferable insufferable position to yeah. be a newsbreaker. From Adam Schefter to Jay Glazer, they always talk about how awful it is for their lives. I was at breakfast <laughs> with Quentin Nelson, and Quentin Nelson's like, you know, this part's off the record. I said, Quentin, I don't have a record. Yeah, I have yeah, no interest I because I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. It just I don't want to mortgage my friendships. So I have two. Can I you, you yeah, have time? Please. Have time for story time? Let's please. The first one was that when the Niners called the Patriots about quarterbacks, they called for Tom Brady. I knew that. I knew when it happened. I, I grew up a Niners fan. I have a lot of people can go back and look if folks are listening to your podcast. Yeah, you've been and very accurate with the Niners over the years. I, I'm, I'm on it with them. And I knew that, that they called for Brady. But I was specifically told, like, we will kill you if you put out there that we called for Tom Brady. The Patriots will probably So then kill, why like, would they even tell you? Because it's like, you'll never believe what we fucking tried to do. Because they're tried human to, and they got excited. We told to trade people for Tom love Brady. that shit. Right. They have yeah. to tell someone. Right. And then the other one is that I was actually, uh, I, was, I wrote a story this past summer, and it was about the 
it was pitched as the fall of the Patriots. When will it happen? So I go, I travel all over the country, yeah, and I'm reporting this conversation. And uh, turns out the story ended up being why the Patriots are going to win another Super Bowl. <laughs> and uh, but one thing I heard was someone I was uh, walking down the street with him, and they went, "So the Raiders are going to trade Khalil Mack." And this was in late May. Oh. And I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, it's going to happen. Like, there have been a lot of conversations that as soon as they can, they're going to trade Khalil Mack. And they're going to start over. He's probably not the only one they're going to trade. But I was I was sworn to, you know, like, hey, you can use it for context, but do I don't want to hear it on your podcast, and you can't report it. Wow. And so that's usually when I text Connor and I text my brother, and I'm like, so we can start steering things in this direction, but I can't report it. You can start, like, changing the way you do your mock drafts, or you can start, like, discussing, like, hey, maybe the Raiders are going to, like, look at this value defensive end in the third round or something like that. Or what would uh, a hypothetical Khalil Mack trade look like? I think we actually did that on the Stick Football Podcast. And it's like, so, yeah, you hear things and... You know, yeah. you just have to see on the opposite of you. I heard something about Bryce Harper going to the Phillies and I said, meh, whatever. Post. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't care. Man, that's so funny. Uh, the other names I think that we haven't heard anything about. Haven't heard uh, a wink about Golden Tate. No, nothing. Um, uh, haven't heard anything about Justin Houston. And Tevin there's a, Coleman. Tevin Coleman, Mark Ingram. Well, Mark Ingram, maybe the Ravens. Uh, Indomic and Sue. I, I don't know what's going to happen, especially because they gave that money they there. They say he wants to stay on the West Coast, but I don't know where on the West Coast Who he has the money, yeah. K.J. Wright is one of those names that I thought I'd hear a lot more. And Earl Thomas. I haven't heard anything Nothing. about those guys yet either. And again, this is Tuesday. This will probably change. Yeah, I think with Earl Thomas, he wants more money than teams who want to pay at this point. I, I still love Earl Thomas. I know that Dallas, some people, I think Jane Slater had said, Dallas wants to pay 8 or 9. Well, Earl wants like 14 to 15. And to be honest, if Landon's getting that money, I think he's worthy of more than You know Landon they share Collins. an agent, right? Oh, man. Is that Malagetta? Mulligata, yeah. yeah. As does Kenny Vaccaro. Well, that's the thing. He's the same guy? Yeah. Okay, so this agent, his name's David Mulligata. Mulligata. Went to Texas. Also, He's it. Also represents Derwin James. Also yep. represents Jalen Ramsey. Deshaun Watson. He pretty much has all the best secondary guys. Jamal Adams better call. I, <laughs> yeah. I had a tweet yesterday, and I deleted it before I sent it because I didn't want to piss off every agent in the world. But it was like, if you're a defensive back prospect, right. that's just go play for him. He has all the information. He knows how all the deals get right. done. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. It is pretty impressive. And then uh, Ronald Darby, uh, I think, is like another corner that, as an Eagles fan, I'll tell you, he wasn't that great. Yep. But he's a top cornerback guy. In a bad corner market. Yeah. I mean, Bryce Callahan really is like the guy, and he's a slot corner. He was great last year, but it's just a bad corner Justin market. Coleman got a, a huge got a great, uh, great money. That's the trickle effect. I I think a lot of people don't think about free agency this way, that the draft affects free agency because, Mm. you know, if it's a great great edge class, people aren't panicking because, oh, we'll draft Josh Allen, we'll draft Montez Sweat. It is a bad receiver draft, in my opinion, and a bad corner draft. So, and that matched up with bad receiver market free agency, even if the Bills are signing all of them. Right. And a bad corner. Well, you know, I mean, all I hear from you guys, too, is the defensive line class in this draft is incredible. And I'm looking at, you know, the Darius Phylons and the Sues and the Timmy Jernigans and the Henry Andersons. I'm like, those guys are going to have trouble because yeah. there's so many teams. But right. what's so funny, I think, every year is when there's a deep class, everyone assumes they're getting one. Yeah, everyone, everyone goes to the draft and like, we're going to get one. They never think if things go wrong. It's right. like the old, right. you got to plan until you get punched method where it's like, oh, we were wrong. Yeah. Well, like Nobody the, wants to be with that the guy. edge class, everyone's like, it's a great edge class, right? You've heard it a million yeah. times. And like, 
So the, the <laughs> Chiefs at 29, they'll just draft an edge. Well, who the fuck are you going to draft? Because like, they could all be gone by right. then. The, you know what? There's four really good edges. Maybe five. We'll say five. They're yeah. going to go in the top 15. Mm. So it like supply what? versus demand is still all over and, the place. And we've learned this from, honestly, like just trial. Uh, on the Monday shows for Stick to Football, we've been doing Mock Draft Monday. Not every Monday, but a decent amount of them. And we keep like learning the trends. We're like, wait a minute. If you want a pass rusher outside, like, Pick six, 16, 18 or whatever, like, you're, you're toast after that. So you got to get into that. Yeah. What are some other trends you guys have realized? Oh, man, I think that... Like, how many quarterbacks do you have going in the top ten? Consistently uh, three. three, right? Yeah. yeah. Kyler Murray, Dwayne Haskins, Drew Locke. Yeah, and I, I think now it might be three in the top 15 without trades. Yep. One thing that we see, the corners always fall. Yeah. They, uh, yeah. Like, to Even the Greedy range. Williams. Even Greedy. Yeah. 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 Which, man, if you uh, – I actually just saw Melo tweet this. If you want a fun tape to watch, go watch Greedy Williams shut down DK Metcalf. Really? Yeah, oh, he's it's phenomenal. Glorious. Like, if you want to, like, fall in love with Greedy Williams and be like, maybe the Jets should draft Greedy at three or something, like, watch the, watch him against DK Metcalf. Uh, or watch him against Georgia. I'm, we're going to get to your teams in a second because you're the second and third picks in the draft, the Niners and Jets respectively. I'm not a Niners fan anymore. He likes the Patriots and the Chiefs now. What? That's not allowed. If we make fun yeah. of him nonstop. Huh? Wait, why? Well, I just – Because they're good? Because well, honestly, I'm from Missouri, so there's that, right? Okay. That's my that's so not my. Did the Niners do something to lose your fanhood? I don't like John Lynch. Mm. We I loved him when he got hired. They were applying for the same job. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's a little jealousy. A little jealousy. They ran into each other. It was like John Lynch was coming out of the interview and he was going <laughs> right? in, oh, and yeah. he's like John, and he's like, oh Matt, and it was just like it was yeah. really and then he speared you. It was yeah. really yeah. bad yeah. situation. Did you have to like retire it? Did you have to like burn a jersey? We haven't done it yet. We're still pondering. But I don't. When think... you live where I live, and the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs is Patrick Mahomes. It's really hard to not get so. I put up in for it. the I put this towards the homies about uh, the amendments. Our first two amendments were Aaron Rodgers, the greatest quarterback that we've ever seen, and Kyle Shannon is our favorite coach in the NFL. And I said they're both up. Like I, oh, am, yeah. I would like to make Patrick Mahomes, and I've gotten a lot of people yelling at me on Twitter. Oh, no, I got but, your back. But Kyle Shannon is too. no longer my favorite coach. He's never come on in person to the podcast. Right now, Sean McVay is leading. Doug Peterson's up there. And really, it's, you know, prob- it's probably Bill Belichick. Can I give you a dark horse? Frank Reich. Yeah, he's pretty great. I love Frank Reich. Yeah, yeah. he's pretty great. But it's really which coach is going to do me the most favors. That's oh, the guy I'm yeah. going to like. Yeah, I like how you work. Yeah. I mean, we should get you the dinner table we saw and just have bring them right. all in together at oh, the so Combine. Oh, so you were at the Combine. Yeah. yeah. All right, so do we have any good Combine stories that you're allowed to tell? Because Wright Thompson had the article, and we've all heard the stories. Which is so I surface, just surface level. I, good okay. article. But I like, haven't read it. I don't think it was. It, it was so surface level. Imagine if you had never been to a rock and roll concert before. <laughs> Ever. Right? And maybe just like kind of enjoyed music. And then you went to a Metallica concert, and you were like, these fucking rednecks jumping around. They're all drunk. They're all hopped up on pills. What is this shit show? That's Wright Thompson covering the combine. And what is it actually? That, but it's also there's value to it. (laughs) No, there really is. they're getting numbers. But no, like, man, I'm there for a week, and I will get a a year's worth of information in that week. Really? Yeah. It's it's the most valuable spot because every scout is there. Every coach is there. Every agent's there. 336 of the top players in the country are there. Man, the the NFLPA guys are all there. Like, that is the spot, man. For what I do for a living, that's... So you have a week. Mm -hmm. So that's 24 hours times seven. You take out sleep. How do you... (laughs) You take out nothing. Yeah. Yeah. How do you use that time 
like, do you go, okay, I'm going to talk to a bunch of scouts today? Like, do you get right to the point? Like, how do you handle No, that? you can't. It's like dating. You know, unless you have a relationship already, then you can just slide in, you know. Um, but otherwise, it is. Like, you know, you go to the bar. Like, I'm, you post up a high velocity in the JW Marriott, which is where everybody stays, right? And, yeah, that's how, you, you know, I'm going to buy a beer and be like, oh, hey, what's up, Matt Bleach Report? And, oh, hey, you know, Connor of the Jets. And then, you know, hey, you guys had a good draft last year. Yeah, you know, it's just you just feel each other out. And then, gotcha. you know, hey, let me buy you a beer. And then, you know, it just goes like that. I mean, it's. And then you create a contact. And I just have right. never understood why a team official would want to give you guys information. Because like we were talking about Cleo Mack, you want someone to talk to. Like, yeah. especially if you're an area scout, like if you're an area scout for a team that doesn't value your opinion, which is a lot of them. Yeah. You want to talk to someone. Finally, someone's you know, like, listening. Let's say Connor's an area scout for the Jets, and they're not they're not like this. But say, and he's just tired of Mike McCagnan ignoring him. He's like, I told you we shouldn't have drafted Darren Lee in the first. Right. He wants to tell someone yeah. that. Mm. Why not tell me? That's awesome. Because we're friends. We've had beers together. Yeah. we got a lot in common. Where do you guys stack up in the coolness meter compared to other people that are there? Do you think you're cooler? I'm going to answer that, man. I'm going to answer that. Yeah, I don't want to get I'm into I'm taller it. than I mean, a lot of the people. Really? <laughs> It's, the NFL media is a pretty short, yeah, a generally short, short group of people. Yeah. you would be like a giant. Yeah, you would be the biggest. You would be the biggest person. Yeah. Yes. Well, because <laughs> I I make a lot of jokes about when I hear area scout says Kyler Murray's instincts are below par, and I go, "Is this a regional scout? Is this like yeah. like we we totally. take the word scout and we act like it's the head of the scouting department and we blow yeah. these little tidbits out when of the it water? Doesn't really mean I, anything. Yeah. yeah, I think that's something that my editors forced me to do. Really good job of is not getting away with that yeah like they're like okay well why would he know like and they'll challenge you to be like mm. and sometimes we i'll get upset and be like guys i can't put a bigger label on this that you want me to assign so sometimes we just have to cut information of like i can't tell you that it was the director of college scouting for the mm. minnesota vikings because there's only one of those because i could google that there's 12 area scouts right it could yeah. be anybody so it yeah it, yeah, it's it tough protects the label and i i agree with you though lefko where you do wonder like what is the value of it? I, I actually, this is something I really love that I, I know you and Daniel Jeremiah both do this in columns, polling. Because yeah. polling at the yeah. end of the day, whether you value the scout's opinion or not, gives you a general consensus on a topic. I, I think polling is the best way to do it. Like something I did for the first time ever this year at the Combine, I polled the scouts I knew and asked them, hey, who are your favorite interviews? Like what guys did you enjoy sitting down with? Sure. At the end of the day, I knew who the four like alpha dog, yeah. smart, leaders were of this draft class it's like cool it's just good to know yeah because there was a, a consensus thing. i got the same answers almost every time everyone's like slobbering over quentin williams it was quentin williams uh devin white cleland farrell and i'm trying to think who the last one was i don't know why i'm it's is cleland farrell the one for clemson that has all the personality who's the defensive lineman oh, christian Cle- wilkins christian wilkins yeah I mean, he's that, another guy that'll that'll christian light it wilkins up. is in my mind like when I look at the Lefko PR, he's the guy that whatever team he goes to is getting like a young face of the franchise. He's funny. He's engaging. He's energetic. He so much insanely energy. smart. Yeah. Um, yeah, he does the split. That's what he's which got is everything. the funniest. The split is like you look at this guy who's like three hundred fifteen pounds, right. and he does a full. He does like a dance and then a split. How do you feel about him wearing forty two though? I love it. You like that on D? Well, yeah, I mean, it's for a college. Like, that's not real. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, he's definitely not doing that. College, like, you got pass rushers wearing seven. I've heard. Uh, were you with me when I heard this conversation? I was talking to a bunch of scouts. I think it was an in indie. I thought you were there. And they were like, I will never draft a guy, a D lineman who wears a single digit. Which Which that, those are the guys insane. where I would, like, write right. down their name and I'd be like, <laughs> I never give them a good I absolutely love it. I know that, like, it, it just doesn't look good. 
And what? like I know that like you're soft. Who was the kid? It's easier to was find it, him on film. Was it from yeah. Princeton that wore eleven? The past Karan Reed. Yeah. And he wore like eleven. And I was like, you know what that is? That's a fat guy that knows that eleven is a slimming, slimming number. number. It really is. And 100%. as a as a chubby guy myself, I dig it. Yeah, but like you can't wear eight out there. You know, like Make you can't do it, right? <laughs> can't do uh, it. All right, let me do a few more NFL teams, and then I want to dive into the draft with you guys. Uh, two teams that have a young quarterback that are going all in right now and trying to spend money. I believe are the Bills and the Jets. Yep. Josh Allen and Sam Darnold, respectively. The Bills, not a lot of sexy names with their free agents, but a lot of names that collectively you go, this is a Sean McDermott team, and it oh, makes yeah. so much sense. They get Cole Beasley and John Brown. You mix them with Foster and with Zay Jones, and now you have some speed, some underneath guys. Not sure if Josh is going to be able to hit the underneath guys, yep. but he'll try. Um, might hit him in the face mask. Frank, hey, yeah. yeah. Frank Gore gives you a leader. Kevin Johnson, I am not a big fan of. I think we, it's kind of panned out that we're not sure. But Mitch Morse and Ty Nasecki, the center and the offensive tackle for Washington. This was a Bills offensive line last year that was a mess. And they just signed uh, – oh, well, now the Panthers signed Matt Paradis. So right, right, the Bills right. signed Mitch Morse. I right. can't yeah. look at Twitter and do this because no, there's so can't. many news things coming in. But, but re-signing Jordan Phillips, yep. I, I just like what the Bills have done. And none of them are big contracts. No. Really, right. none of them, except Mitch deals. Morse's, and it's it's to get a franchise center, it's yes. hard to do. It is, and he has been hurt. I mean, that is going to be the big issue for him. But I think you look at the Bills, like you said, it's a, a, a an inexpensive defense and a quarterback on his rookie deal, which obviously we all know makes you be more aggressive. But I, I like that they're getting tough players. Yes, that's like, what I mean. Like it Cole Beasley is like, okay, you want someone to go over the middle? I'll go over the middle. Left yeah. go PR, Cole Beasley. You need a music video. Oh, he does. And you need to do a rap on the plane about Buffalo. Buffalo is a team that I've learned at a fan base, and you guys know this too. They're a little bit like the Saints. If you say something bad about the city of Buffalo or the Buffalo Bills, they will destroy you. They're very protective. The best thing you could do is go, I ride for Buffalo. And if Cole Beasley wrote a rap song about Buffalo, (laughs) I am willing to take BR Steph, go up to Buffalo. We will shoot a music video. Can you imagine him in the snow? It's got to be like Bill's Mafia, right? A a a tailgate. Like a Cole Beasley rap video. And he's like, B I double L S M A F I A. Like something like that would be, he would be the biggest guy. Slamming tables in the background. Yes. Yeah, I'm the one. And then he drops and then he gets slammed through a table. We'll go in together. We'll do a tailgate tour there. Deal. And I'll die. Deal. That would be the I don't know life. how you guys do tailgate tours because I would just be direct. It's uh, usually am. Well, <laughs> you got to go in like with a plan. Like usually we yeah. get there set up at. I mean it varied. We got there any time from five in the morning to seven in the morning. Yeah. And then you sit there, you get set up, you have a little something to eat, and you're like, let's do the show now. Because, because then it's going to sh- get out of hand. It's yeah. out of hand. Uh, the, and also the guests, if we had a guest, they prefer to come over early. Right. It's like not it, chaos. At LSU, we had Jacob Pastor, who's like yeah. a legend there. We knocked him out in the first hour, and then we were like, then you let's play beer pong. Yeah. Like, let's just. Have fun. Yeah, and you get to meet everybody. It's that was great. the coolest thing about doing Sims and Lefko at the Super Bowl, is just getting to meet everybody yeah. and say hi. Uh, one of the other, the, the Jets. Um, Getting Jamison Crowder, getting C.J. Mosley, obviously no Anthony Barr. I also think Josh Bellamy is a super underrated signing. Yeah, they Josh, special teams. Josh Bellamy has been the special teams guy for the Bears for the last few yep. years. And every time I turn on the game, he's the one making the tackle. Without a doubt. And you look at Brant Boyer there, they made it a priority to bring him back, right? Like they fired Todd Bowles and his staff. Right. And, and Boyer was the guy. I think the Jets finished as the top special teams unit last year. And Boyer actually has a voice there. 
because of how well his unit performed and that Adam Gase, you know, brought him back. It didn't look to hire externally. Right. And it goes to show you when a team goes out in free agency, he didn't give him crazy money, but he still gave him a legitimate NFL contract in two years, six million, because he's viewed as a special teams ace. Yes. So that it's important. And I think it's something that the Jets have had some really bad special teams years, yeah, and they sure. finally have learned to value that unit. I will say, uh, this is my, my hot take Please. about the Jets. They can't close. They cannot close the deal. And we, we saw it. We've seen it with, I mean, we talk about Kirk Cousins, Tony Jefferson. Um, Anthony Barr. Anthony Barr trades for Khalil Mack. Like, Mike McCagnan cannot close. Mm. And so I think, like, the, where we're sitting here, like I said, it's Tuesday afternoon. Le'Veon Bell's still out there. If they don't close Le'Veon Bell, I, like, and I know it doesn't matter that Matt Miller's going to roast them. Uh, just in third person, I hate that. But I, I, I will be all in on, like, scorched earth that – like Mike McCagnan has to go because you have all this money, the second most money in the NFL. You haven't drafted well. You got a rookie quarterback who's really, really promising. And you got to cash in. You got to do it. You got to yeah. do it now. And if they, for whatever reason, whether it's Chris Johnson doesn't want to spend, which CJ Mosley just got $84 million, they want to spend. Yeah, they want to spend. Like what, I mean. what would be the reasoning that you can't? I, Anthony Barr doesn't want to leave. I can understand like a hometown right. discount kind of thing. But man, if you can't close the deal now, it's it's going to be bad. Uh, the other team that I love the identity they're going with is the Packers. Oh, my uh, God, yeah. Stealing Adrian Amos from an in-division rival and yes. really not paying him anywhere close to a Landon Collins or a Honey Badger, getting Preston Smith on the edge and Zadarius Smith. The issue with the Packers that I've had for the last year is, sure, you have Kenny Clark. Sure, you have Muhammad Wilkerson. You got, and you got Clay Matthews. Mike Daniels, yeah. You, you had three guys. One of them gets hurt. You're ruined for the whole year. To get Preston Smith and Zadaria Smith, they're not going to be double-digit sack guys. But you know what they are? They're going to bang with that Bears offensive line. They're going to bang with that Lions offensive line. And they're going to give those linebackers a little bit of space to not have to take all those guys. And then Billy Turner... eh. I actually (laughs) actually like that one. Their offensive line has been so hurt. Right, you and just need bodies. You need bodies, yeah. So I, I felt like that was a smart signing. It's sure. not. No, you're not gonna like change your pants over it. But like that's a pretty good signing just for building a football team. Yeah. What's shocking to me is that last year they gave Aaron Rodgers this record-breaking contract, and now they're being aggressive in free agency still. Like that's great to see. If you're it a really Packers is. fan, you're like finally, finally Ted Thompson's gone, and we're actually being aggressive now. Two off seasons in a row. Right. Last year it was Wilkerson and Jimmy Graham. Like you're finally going after players and trying to. Put something around Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I, I get excited, too. I think it's a pretty good amount of money for Zadarius Smith to be getting, like, 17 a year for the first two years. That might yep. be a little bit much, but they've loved him for years. They tried to trade for him before. I found it interesting, too, watching him, because this year I made it a point to take a break from college from him, just watch the free agent pass rushers, because sure. I knew this would be a group the Jets would be interested in and I would cover. And Zadarius, a lot of his wins all came from the interior, actually. Stunts, twists. So I actually like that. Yeah, they got two edge pass rushers, but they got two guys that are a little different. I think Preston can win by turning around the corner and with more converting speed to power. And I think Zadarius will win from the interior. So And stealing Amos, that's a whole nother, another ballgame. I, I just, I just love what they did. I love what they did. We were ta- we were kind of laughing about this. Like when the Packers wake up on free agency, do they get everyone in the town hall and like everyone votes on like who they sign? Adrian yeah. Amos, yay or yeah, nay? Yeah, right? yeah. And yeah. there's like 500 people and they walk around with baskets doing like a church collection. I like, how does oh, it he work? got signed somewhere yeah, else. Yeah, Never yeah. mind. <laughs> yeah. We took too long. I love that. No, but I, I think it's it's nice to see a Packers defense starting to be built. 
I thought Petten did a really nice job with what he had, but it was always a gimmick to try and make up for the fact that they didn't have depth. All right, let's talk uh, some some draft, and I want to talk about how free agency impacts the draft and kind of where you guys are right now. First thing is, Kyler's pro day is tomorrow. What kind of a scene are we expecting? And obviously this is going to be happening yesterday when the pod comes out. I mean, there's over 100 media members credentialed. I've never heard of that many media members. My first combine, there were that many media members. So it's it's going to be a circus. There's been speculation about, you know, the report came out, he's going to get measured, he's going to run, he's going to throw. I heard today from somebody in the NFL, he's like, I bet he doesn't. Like, I bet he doesn't get measured. I bet he doesn't weigh. He has, he has so everything he to lose. He doesn't to have to do any of that? He doesn't have to do shit. I didn't. Know, I thought scouts could go there, and this is all an assumption. You'd know more than me, and and ask. He could literally say they can no. ask it. He could say no. Yeah, I wow. mean, it's just like they could ask. Hey, we want you know, we want you to do this. But why well, no. measure him again? Like if there's, there's one a, place there's where the measurements are going to be rough, it's in Indy. You would think, but there's like legit speculation that the Indy wasn't real. They want him to be measured again. Wait. And wait again. Explain to me that conspiracy theory. Oh, the conspiracy theory is that he's not actually five ten and one eighth. That people who've measured him at Oklahoma, people have seen him at Oklahoma, because scouts, like Connor said, they've been through there. They they have measured him or they've seen him. The yeah. strength and training staff has obviously measured a guy at the University of Oklahoma that he was you know, 5'9 and 5'8. So explain to me how that could be lied there, about. There is like a pseudoscience out there where they will massage guys' backs to make them to stretch you out, uh, to make try to make you a little bit taller. So the, I think the belief That's is awesome. they, they do it in the morning. Right, and you're, I used to you're do, taller uh, in the morning. I almost made a yeah. really bad go, go there, go there, go there. Let's <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and yeah. So you, I almost made one too. Maybe we just move on. Yeah, don't, don't do it. It's, it's fifty nine dollars, no. and they massage your back, no, and no. they get you. Um, but you know, they they can apparently they can apparently make you a little bit taller. Remember that? Who was that? That quarterback <laughs> prospect last year? They got his Jared, hands. Well, Jared Goff was one of the big ones. And he got his hands massaged. But then why does he just get the massages before the pro day? I don't know if, like, you would have the ability to. Like, if if you know, okay, this time I'm getting measured. Oh, you're saying that he was, like, in the hallway getting this. I don't know. I'm just telling you what I heard. And what did you believe? I don't think it matters. Who cares if he's 5'9", a 5'8", or 5'10", a 1'8". Like, are we really over half an inch? Are we going to quibble? Where do you guys both stand on Kyler? QB1. I, I have Haskins yeah. ahead of him. I'm okay. fascinated it's by Kyler Murray. Very, though. very close. Like, I think both deserve to go in the first round easily. I, I will admit that I think one of my – you could call it – like, it's weird because I think it's a strength of my my ability as an evaluator and it's also weaknesses that I, I buy into off-field stuff a lot. And I think that sometimes that can work if you get in the right situation. Sometimes it can't if you get in the right situation. How good is off the field? I, I mean – I, I'm not going to go Charlie Casterly here, but I don't think it's exceptional. Yeah. He's not going to walk into a room and win you over like Baker Mayfield or Sam Darnold. So I'm going to say this. That was the knock against Lamar. You know, Lamar was super quiet, yeah. uh, didn't really do a lot of leadership. But what I kept seeing in the offseason and in training camp and then in the season was Lamar's actions won the team over. I think that's important. Like and, You can and, lead in many different like ways. In, totally. in training camp, I remember, they, or it was like the middle of the season, they were asking him about Joe Flacco. And he said, he said, this isn't about being my team or his team. This is our team. And it wasn't eloquent, and it wasn't super well-spoken. genuine. But he said it, yeah. and the whole team was like, hell yeah. Can we yeah. just be honest for a minute? The Please. only reason that that stuff came out of, about Lamar Jackson is because he does not speak like the rest of us. Right. He doesn't sound like I do. He doesn't sound like you do. He, he has a different... 
It gets back to the racial implications of saying that somebody's well spoken. Exactly. That's that's one hundred percent what it is. So like, oh, Lamar Jackson didn't do well. But what about Kyler? What's what when like how? Why are we saying that about Kyler? I think he just comes across as aloof, you know, and like maybe not super engaged. And my counterpoint to that is, if Cliff Kingsbury has already told him, "Hey, we're drafting you at number one. Don't go play baseball." Then it doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah None of it matters. He so. was probably aloof in the meetings because he's like, bro, the number one right. team is already interesting. And I yeah. also know, like, I mean, these interviews are 15 minutes. It's so hard. And they have, buzz- they so have buzzers. Hard. Right. And like, you're, yeah, there's you're no out. like, hey, stay for one more. It's speed it's like, dating, you got to get the fuck out of here and get to your next one next door. And here's the thing. It's easy to lie for 15 minutes, but it can also be really hard to for me to walk in here not knowing you guys. Yes. And I walk in and you're like, okay, Miller, so what happened on this play? Like, Or why'd you quit Texas A&M? And I'm like, uh... Okay, well, there's five minutes. You know, right. you just yelling at me. Yeah. And now I only have 10 minutes left to convince you that I'm a leader and that I'm respectable and that my teammates are going to love me and that I'm going to handle money and I'm not going to quit on you. And it's like, it's unbelievable. How, how are you going to do this in 15 minutes? I also factor this in. Remember when Deion Sanders apparently went to like another team and said, you're drafting we, at eight. You're not going to be We there. asked him about that. We had him on the podcast. Yeah. yeah. And they, and he was like he was like you're not gonna be around to pick me so I'm not gonna right. I'm not gonna waste my I'm not time. I'm taking the wonder like because I'm not gonna be on the board when you and and yeah. you know what that's when Charlie Cashley goes on TV and goes you know one team said that Deion Sanders is a complete asshole and that nobody should draft him. It's I like, wanted you to do the accent. Oh, you know Charlie, he's he's got like that. I can't you know, even do it. It's like this main. <laughs> I don't even know. Where I, was gonna, I don't know what that. Where was. is he? Where is he from? Oh man! Um, so you're you're Kyler, but you said first round. I thought Kyler was like lock at top ten. Oh, oh yeah, I, yeah. I said both okay. should be in the first round. Both should be top ten picks. Haskins uh, and both of them together. I look at Kyler and I go, someone that's that special, someone that makes that many incredible plays. There's you can see the ball jump off his hand. You see the accuracy. You see the mobility. If it's able to be, if he's able to be injury free, it's a slam dunk. And here's the yeah. thing that I love the most: he's elite at protecting himself. Well, he's small. He's a small target. Like, his strike zone is yeah. non-existent. But great yeah. awareness. Right. Like I, I liked Lamar Jackson more than a lot of people, but I would admit the awareness there to protect himself from hits was almost non-existent at times. Yeah. With Kyler, it's like. Whether he slides, goes out of bounds, or just the stop and go, yeah. like I don't get worry hit. about health with him. He's never been hurt, right? I mean, he he was he was the best high school player in the country. He was fine. Mm-hmm. Went to Texas A and M, played, didn't get hurt. Went to OU, played, didn't get hurt. I don't worry about that. Yep. Like, I mean, yeah, it's probably going to take a toll on him, and he's going to have to stay on top of it. But yeah. he, I think he he's an elite athlete. There's something about those former baseball players where their spatial awareness is so good. Like right. they're used to like seeing the field and all that, or like well, avoiding like that second yes, baseman. Doubt. I think yeah. you can look at Patrick Mahomes. Who did you know he played baseball? Um, <laughs> not a great athlete if you put him on the track and say pat right. run a 40 right but you watch his spatial awareness his short area quickness his instincts his flexibility his balance like though you watch all the pat do all those things you're like oh my god this guy's an amazing athlete yeah and it's because of that you know quad sport background that he right. has uh and then haskins what's very funny about the discussion about african-american quarterbacks in the nfl draft is we typically go through the same thing every year it started off with stephen a smith saying he was mobile the best thing <laughs> is that it ended that conversation right away because it was such a public gap so that it was he, he's the least mobile of all the quarterbacks yeah. the second thing that i heard was people comparing him to byron leftwich and i said the thing is you can be big and you can be strong but byron leftwich was defined by a, a, an elongated motion yeah. so when you 
compare someone to Byron Leftwich, you're comparing, you're saying he has a long motion. I watch Haskins, and you tell me if I'm crazy, that ball gets out of there quick. Yeah, like, I don't, yeah. I, like, he is, it's surgical. It snaps. Like, he's so yeah. accurate. Like, even even watching throws at the combine, I'm going, those things are laser beams, yeah. bro. Yeah. I mean, I love this guy. Matt Stone, I've loved this guy since the summer before he won the starting job. He only yeah, played right. one key game in 2017 against Michigan, where I believe he led them on the game-winning drive. But he's he's always had the talent. That's the thing. He's always had the talent. He finally got his chance. And he has everything you look for in a pocket passer. Would I like to see him have a little more ability to improvise and extend plays? Of course. But in terms of pure throwing, there's nothing you can ask of him that he can't do. And then I think about the Giants' offense, and I think about if he gets the ball out quick to those guys, what that offense could be. I I get really excited if Uh, he were to be there. I've heard they do love him. So there's a good chance he could be there. I compared him to Carson Palmer. Like, I mean, a pocket passer who, like you said, it can be surgical at times. Like, the ball comes out quick. And I think, like, what's so exciting about Dwayne Haskins is first-year starter. So you go back and watch, like, week one. And Oregon State, I think, and you're like, gosh, it's kind of a slow start. But you watch the last three games of the year. He played Michigan, Northwestern, and Washington. Those are three of the best defenses that I watched all year. And not in those games because he tore them apart. So I think with him it's important to note the trajectory of where he ended up at and that he is. And something that a lot of people don't ever want to say about African-American quarterbacks, he is incredibly smart. Why can't we just say that? Like He's so so smart. So good. He's up there with Jared Goff as as far as you know just football IQ of I know uh, this stuff is easy to me you know yeah. like, for some of us like you learn things just it's easy for him football is just easy man and then how do you see Locke as another top 10 guy I mean he could be drafted in the top 10 I don't think either of us would tell no. you that he you're ranks. a little bit lower on him yeah I mean Connor nailed it Connor comes up to me and he goes Sims his favorite quarterback is going to be Locke I and told it, Sims that the last time I saw him because I didn't know he was leaving yeah. and we were bullshitting and he and He's like, hey, have you, you know, who am I going to like? Who should I watch? And I was like, just watch Drew Locke. You're going to love him. You're going to love him. <laughs> He's a big, strong-armed, athletic, unaccurate quarterback. <laughs> but he hated Josh Allen's. I don't get that. Like, right? No, Sims loved Josh Allen. I can't remember. His rankings were all over the place. Sims loved Josh Allen. He loved Josh Allen. Sims really liked the quarterbacks last year, but when I was watching Locke, I was like, okay, he's got the gigantic arm. Right. Sims loves that. He throws... His mechanics are bad, but he can throw off platform. And he can throw from any angle. Sims loves like, that. Yeah, of course. And he honestly moves well for a big guy. He really does. So I was like, oh, like Sims will live with the mental errors that are mind-blowing at times. All right, so can I – I'm going to ask you guys some questions that I've learned watching the last few drafts. Between those three guys, Kyler, Haskins, and Drew Locke, who had the most talent around him? I think Haskins. Well, no. No, no I would go with Kyler. Murray. Murray has four of five offensive linemen will be drafted. Wow. Some and, of them highly. And then how many weapons? Oh. I mean, Marquise Brown, if not hurt, would be a first the first receiver off the board. CeeDee Lamb, who's an underclassman, will be next year. I mean, they, they just have weapons. Okay. CD is like... Excellent. What about I, Haskins? I would say Haskins because his running backs were so good. J.K. Dobbins, Mike Weber. You've got two great receivers with Scary Terry, yes. McLaren, and you've got Paris, Paris Campbell. Campbell. So speed at Ohio and State. And what about his own line? Uh, they're okay. Like Michael Jordan and Isaiah Prince will both be drafted. They won't be drafted very early, but they were a little bit young. So uh, Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then what about Drew Locke? No, I mean, not much. Yeah, not okay. much. Emmanuel so, Hall will be drafted. So I asked this because. Every year, sometimes we see quarterbacks that are surrounded by talent get drafted. Then we go, man, that's why Mettenberger win. 
That's why. Oh, without that's a doubt. why Johnny Manziel went because yeah. of those. And then we miss on guys like Dak, who not a single a player on that offense for Mississippi State was even draftable he that was year. In the dirt so all year. No, does I'm that about one of my all time regrets? Right there. What? I loved Dak. I had like an early two on him, and then the DUI happened right after the pro day. Oh, and then, and then the, everybody talked about that for right. a week. But then it got dropped, and I'm just an idiot, and I never – I had him in like the third. So the reason I ask that is just for awareness. When I hear you guys gush about who played with Kyler and who played with Dwayne, and then you go, nobody on Mizzou, I go, see, that's a bump up there for Drew Locke. Just if like you're it was the for star Josh Allen. in the SEC with – exactly. Yeah. But – Locke played against the SEC. Well, kind of. I mean, Mizzou's not playing Alabama every year. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's different. It's a little different. But how do you factor that in with a guy like Kyler or Dwayne with all those weapons that kind of make it easier? You have to, like, watch every game. Yeah. And you have to look and see, okay, did Marquise Brown make Kyler Murray? Or did I remember liking Dan LaFever? You remember him at Central of Michigan? You know who Dan LaFever was? He was like the most accurate was? quarterback of all time. Yeah, he had Antonio, Antonio Brown. Brown. Yeah. And I think J.J. Watt was his tight end. Right. So you're like, oh, well. Yeah, it wasn't Dan LaFever. It was Antonio Brown. So, like, that's but the how hard part of the job. how can you figure that out? What do you look for to figure out who makes who? I think you look for, like, with Kyler Murray. I want to see him throw accurately on time over the middle of the field. Yeah, so if then he no matter who was there, it right. was getting there. But if he throws to the back hip instead of the front hip, does Marquise Brown still catch it? And because he's so damn fast, right. he's able to scoot and shift and make so many miss. And, like, oh, my God, that was an 80-yard play. But it should have been incomplete. Like, that's mm. where you can't look at numbers. You can't look at analytic grades. Like, you have to actually just watch guys play. And especially for quarterbacks, like, you have to look at where was this ball supposed to go? Where did it go? Was it a, was it a 40-yard bomb? But should it have been an 80-yard touchdown? Right. But he underthrew yes. it. Oh, yeah. There was, yeah. I remember the first quarterback that I, re- that I was right on was Jake Locker. Because I remember Washington played Syracuse that year, and Jake Locker threw for like three, four hundred yards, and I yeah. went, all of those were wide receiver screens. That yeah. guy's took 70 yards. But around the draft, they're going, this guy had 17, 400-yard gains. I was like, he's not good, guys. Yeah. Now, Blaine Gabbert was another one of those. Mm. Like, everything's, why, everything's behind the line of scrimmage, dude. Like, can you throw downfield? And under pressure. Like, some guys are yeah. barely pressured in college. And I think it's something that's going to be interesting to watch with Tua next year. Because Tua plays behind such a good offensive line, and I think Georgia got to him a little bit in the SEC championship. We're like, whoa, he threw two interceptions all year, and this game he looks completely and then vulnerable. You, and I, I yeah. say this as someone that loves Tua, and I believe in Tua, but it's something that evaluators will and look you at. you got to factor yeah. in injury, yeah. and like, there's, so, there's so many layers. Our job's really easy, though. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not like you're going to go out and get eviscerated To your line. point about Locke, something that makes me feel more comfortable about and I do think he has a lot of talent. I'm just not sold at all. He was a senior this year, so we got to see him a lot more than Kyler and Haskins, where it's like, yeah, he's a three-year starter. All right, well, I wanted to see some steps this year, and I just didn't see them. It was his most accurate year. He went over 60% finally. Totally, but it's still a lot bad decision-making. Yeah. 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 So, Who at two should your – so one – My old 49ers take. Would you – how much of your salary – what percentage of your salary would you bet that Kyler Murray goes one? Oh man, I mean, I feel pretty good about it. I, I would say I don't know. <laughs> and, and if a trade happens, you get all your money back. Like if they if they trade out of the pick. Oh, right then now? I'm, then I'm then I'm giving my salary. Yeah, I would go like eighty percent of my salary. They're so either it, taking him or trading the pick. I can't. They sh- I do agree that taking Nick Bosa is the right way to go. I don't see them doing that. I just know that since Cliff Kingsbury interviewed, since he was at USC, an interview with the Jets and Cardinals. The only thing I've heard from everyone in the NFL is that he loves Kyler Murray. 
It's just this thing he talks about all the time. Yeah, and here's the That's key. That's a weird thing to just bring up the key all the is, time. Like, when you're hired as a head coach, or even when you're hired as general manager, you don't always have carte blanche to do whatever you want. Ownership has to sign off on mm. every move that you make. So we can all hear, hey, Cliff wants Kyler. But Steve Kime, the general manager, could say, no, I drafted Josh Rosen last year. I traded up for Josh Rosen. Right. Work with him. Or Michael Bidwell, the owner, could say, no, nah, we traded up last year to draft a quarterback that you told me you believed in. The plan was this. Yes. Go with that. So it doesn't always matter what Cliff Kingsbury wants. But there's two issues here. Right. <laughs> One being that if Cliff does want Kyler Murray and the Cardinals don't give him to him and this year goes poorly, that's a one-year disaster that will just blow up. Well, Everyone Steve will, will get fired. I think everyone, there's a chance everyone could be. On the flip side, Josh Rosen takes things personal. And I could see him taking this entire offseason extremely personal and not in a good way. I think it's too late for that. That's what I'm saying. At the combine, when they say Josh is our quarterback for now. Right now? Right now. They just keep saying for now, right now. Yeah. I don't know. It's just. But you're willing to put 80% of your salary yeah. that uh, Kyler Murray is going one. You're, yeah. you're feeling that confident. And you it? said we have the insurance policy that if they trade it. Yes. Yeah, then I'll go 85-90. Ooh. Yeah. Which I don't think he should. Who do you have as the number one player on both of your boards? Nick, Nick Bosa. Bosa. Yeah. And is there a gap? Between Bosa and the next guy? Yeah. Not really for me. I really like Quinn and Williams from so Alabama. Number two. So he would be number two. And like the, Do you guys have the same I have top? Ed Oliver at number two. Right. And then Quinn in three. And then you have, who do you have at three? Josh Allen. Josh Allen at three. I know you have Josh Allen yep. a lot lower. Yeah, he's going to sit between 12 and 15. So it sounds like the consistency, though, is Nick Bosa and Quinn and Williams are both in your top three. Yeah. They're and stars. I think yeah. that's where you And then where is Kyler in your top? I have him at 11 or 12, excuse me. And where do you have Let me look right now for you. But, like, where you have a player ranked is not where they'll be drafted. I mean, you know this. I'm just curious, like, what your rating is for Bosa. Like, what do you have Bosa graded as? Bosa, I have. Future All Pro, Pro Yeah, so the way my grading system works, I actually put a number grade on players so that I can go back and look at past years and say, this is comparable. So I have Nick Bosa graded as an 8.0, which is really, really good. Miles Garrett was an 8.5. So I liked Miles Garrett a little bit better last year. Bradley Chubb was a seven point nine five. So I like. So where did me, you Nick have? Bosa where did be, you have uh, Clowney? Uh, so Clowney was before at Bleacher Report. We started doing the number right, system, right, right. but he would have basically been like a, a perfect, like a nine point oh. Oh, nine point oh is yeah. perfect. Yeah, Saquon's a nine point oh. Von Miller, right? Clowney, Andrew Luck. Those would be the only ones. Those so, are your only nine point Yeah, I have Kyler at nine. And I could see oh, him. Nine in your big book. I could see him jumping a few spots because Jeffrey Simmons got hurt, and I never really docked him for that. Right? Yeah, I haven't either. Um, Actually, that's you know, point. it's one of those weird things where you do you kind of. I always do that late because it's Would an you, injury. I asked this to Connor before. Would you rather have Josh Rosen and Nick Bosa or Kyler Murray and a defensive lineman that that comes up in the second round? You can reach over and slap me for this answer. I don't know because I haven't been in the room with Josh Rosen for a year. Mm, you're right. They should have an idea. Like if yeah. he is being the problem that people are now saying that he kind of has been. I know Larry Fitzgerald's going to come out and say this isn't true, but like, there enough people are saying, like, I kind of rubbed people the wrong way. And that's funny because I talked to Pew and Pew was like, we love him. Really? That's yeah. great. Yeah. Because he was like, he was like, he came in right away. And I think Pew is also a guy that's like, I was with Eli. I was in New York. The media is insane. Yeah. He's like, there's just not a lot of stories going on in Arizona. I think players can like a player and coaches not as well. You're, probably, you're absolutely right. You know, you're like, right. A- totally. as, like, I mean, like we all love each other, but like 
Dave Finocchio might not like one of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it's like, so it's different. So let's say Kyler does go number one to Arizona, and I really am not interested in the trades. Where do you think Josh Rosen would go, by the way, if you had to guess? Washington. Washington or Miami now. Miami missed out on Teddy Bridgewater. Yes. They're scrambling, so Miami oh, makes man. sense. He'll get, he would get killed down there, though. Well, you know what? All Jews eventually go to I mean, to it's going to happen eventually, right? We do. That's what we go down there. We go to a deli. It's phenomenal. Oh, my God. Uh, Niners at two. It has to be Nick Bosa. Even I, the I just moves feel like Quinn the, and Williams is like Arik Armstrong. Like all those guys are just similar. I'm okay with Quinn and Williams there. I really am. But it has to be Nick Bosa. And here's something else that I always like to try to connect the dots long term. The Niners came into this free agency with a lot of money. And they came out on day one and gave Quan Alexander $13 million a that year. That was a wild deal. Wild deal. But besides the fact, they have a gigantic need at edge pass rusher. And yeah. they had the money to solve it. All those guys on the market, good players, upgrades. And they clearly did not have interest in doing that. It, it was makes a tough, me think. It was a tough year for Edge, though, just because in the free agent, so many people got tagged. Sure, but like they didn't even try to add a Preston Smith. Mm. My point is, it makes me feel like they know something. Well, I think they know that if, They know Nick Bosa will be there, too. Or Josh Allen, so you're, you're covered. Exactly. You're they have an insurance policy where they go, we're going to get our guy at two. I right? mean, if they left this offseason with like Justin Houston and Nick Bosa... I would be pretty excited if I was a Niners fan. Oh, my God. Well, I think with the Niners' defense, like, not to go super in the weeds nerdy No, please do. That's why we're here. They signed Quan Alexander to play, I would assume, to play either Mike or Will. But they have Fred Warner, who was a third-round pick, was really good last year. I mean, in that 4-3 under, like, if you're going to put Buckner at three technique, I guess, and Armstead at nose, Solomon Thomas is probably going to factor in. You really need... One guy who could play with his hand in the dirt, and you really need one guy who could stand up and play Sam linebacker. Mm. That's what they're lacking right now. So, like Josh Allen to me makes sense as a Sam linebacker. He stood up some at Kentucky. Like oddly enough, Anthony Barr would have been like a really good Sam prospect. Right. Or I, Sam I like signing. Josh Allen off the ball. Yeah, I really do, and it's something that nobody talks about. I feel like, but so, they could also sign Quinn and Williams. You want interior pressure. I can't stress that enough. Like, it's, interior I think is interior pressure is more valuable yeah. than exterior pressure. Five, I agree. Yeah, look at Aaron Donald. Look what Khalil Mack did in the Fletcher playoffs. Fletcher Cox. Yeah, everybody. Nothing, but look right. what Aaron Donald and Dom can suit. Uh, so you would put eighty to ninety percent that Kyler Murray goes one. If Kyler Murray does go one, what percentage of your salary would you go? Nick Bosa goes two. I would find a way to bet one hundred fifty percent. Yeah, I would say you would like, try. I would mortgage my house. Case. Exactly. I would you look know. at any assets I have. I would go home to my parents' attic and find any valuables I have. I had to give my four hundred one k to my ex-wife, yeah. so I would. I would like sell my children. <laughs> Could not be me. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. What? <laughs> he wants to go into this. He's, He's like, how can I go like... into this right now? Okay. He's engaged now. This is a conversation we should probably have. Sweet. <laughs> they get your form, okay? <laughs> what? Uh, so, so if we got pretty solid, Kyler's going one. Yep. We're doing the draft for you guys. You don't even got to watch. Oh yeah, right? Well, By the way, this is going to be- We would love a... for you to watch. Yeah. <laughs> Bleacher Report It's a good draft. time to tell them. Because we, we have not announced it yet. Uh, I'm very happy. I'm going to be joining these fine gentlemen hey. for, for our draft coverage this year. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, We're going to go live. We're going to have all of our videos cut out. Going to be in the app, yep. as always. Uh, but, no, we're going nonstop. And when TV goes to commercial, we're here. Yeah, and uh, we're going to have insight. I've heard Twitter and YouTube will be the places to watch. Nice. Maybe more, but at least those. And you can ask anybody. When we do the draft, we're usually three picks ahead. Yeah. And if Miller gets news that someone's going to be drafted, um, that we're just going to break in. Because if you want to watch it and watch the theatrics on TV, the way I always recommend people, find out the pick, 
before television does so that you can listen to the breakdowns and like yep. get the news first then go on television watch him get announced right. watch the hug with Goodell yeah. and then back to us cuz we're going to be ahead of television I, I was I, we were in meetings today, and I was telling a story. A lot of my friends last year they were doing like the three screen thing, you know, like BR on one, NFL Network on, and then ESPN. And they were like, "Well, BR's three picks ahead," and like they're they're actually talking about the picks, yes. not about Baker Mayfield. While we're on pick twelve, right. like we will talk about the player that is picked, not storylines from three hours ago. No, and no, on no, day no. three, uh, whoever's on the desk with us, we will be talking about the players picked on day three, not the bullshit narratives from. Night yeah, one. you guys are so good on day three. So we kind of have the first two picks done. So then, what about your Jets? Oh man, because what's interesting is you have Josh Allen at nine or eleven. I forget what you just said. Yeah, between uh, twelve and fifteen. Somewhere. Oh, twelve and fifteen. Wow, yeah. really? Yeah. Uh, but okay, I have to know about thirteen. This. Josh Allen, thirteen. But wow. it sounds like good player. He's the guy that fits the most right there. Are you like what a Montez Sweat guy? Are you no. a Quinn and Williams matched with uh, Montez Sweat? Is not a '90s R&B singer, by the way. I don't know who is. I am a. And I've said I'm I've getting said called this. by somebody right now, and I can't. We're gonna take a pause really quick. Really okay. Quick. What a phone call! You know who that was? Goodell. Oh, how's he doing? He said. He said, "Listen, I hear you a stick to football." <laughs> and uh, tell those guys I said hi. Oh, he, he would not. Li- he hi. would not want to say hi to us. We shit on him all the time. Yeah, it's easy. To- uh, uh, yeah. It was nice that you got on the phone because I had a nice break to just read my mentions of people furious with me that the Jets didn't sign Matt Paradis. What are you Why doing? Why were they furious with you? I don't know. I just was like, because there's a lot of news around there. Like, oh, the Jets are interested in all the centers. And I was like, well, I haven't really heard that they're that like interested in Paradis. And then Gary V tweeted, it takes two to tango. Obviously, Gary V is his agency yeah. oh. and a Jets fan. Right. So I read that. And then this, I, I'm not saying I got my info from Gary V's yeah, tweet. Yeah, of course. I'm just saying, like, for what he saw, I don't know. Jets fans are very upset Sam Darnold doesn't have a center right now, and I get it. I totally get Especially, it. You know what? Especially after the, some of the snaps in that Miami game. <laughs> it's just <laughs> really too bad that in six weeks there's not this other player acquisition period. You know, like today's your only shot to get a center. That's it. There's, if you don't get one the today. Co- the college guys just that they don't. They're not any good. No. I would say this is even funnier. <laughs> We're recording this on Tuesday. Free agency and, hasn't even right. technically started yet. Yeah, one of our their like, players could go back to their old teams instead of signing oh, with you. Man. One of our super <laughs> stick to football listeners has just been going off like wants to like drink himself into oblivion because the Colts haven't well, signed anyone. I it's get like, it. <laughs> we like, got time. It hadn't bro. started, guys. Uh, yeah. So uh, Jets at three. Yeah, let, yeah, let me yeah, go yeah. to the non-Jets yes. fan first. Please do, because me and you did this a little bit last yeah. week. Yeah, who do you think if it goes Kyle, if it goes Kyler and Nick Bosa, who would you take? At three? I would take Quinn and Williams. I think he's the better player, and I also him I, and Leonard Williams together. Right, is and Leonard Williams' deal is almost done. Right, and he hasn't been great there, so I think you protect yourself against that. Like you and I were just saying, interior pressure is the key. So I know they don't have a second round pick. Yes, they need an edge rusher, but. I would I would rather pay someone in the secondary free agent market and have Quinn and Williams cross sport. Quinn and Williams reminds me of Embiid, where it's like he's the best player in the draft, and somehow he's available at three. And it's like this guy could yeah. be the guy. Like you know, if in ten years we look back and go, "Wow, Quinn and Williams was the guy." None of us will be surprised. Yeah, no doubt. Like none the, of us. I would just trade that early three for D Ford. Yeah, like that's straight what I up. Do. Yeah, the Chiefs aren't asking for much. Third rounder. Oh, late I thought you second, meant the third. third. No, no, no. no. The, chief, the, Chiefs, the Chiefs just want a third rounder back for D Ford. I think that's a great idea. I know. Right? That's why I should be running a Especially team. Especially because Mike you Mayock. have that much money that you can afford the salary. Yeah, go right? use it. Why well, not? Now, he said Quinn Williams. Who would you go at three? 
now I have to make the pick, right? Because I'm still convinced they're not going to make this pick. <laughs> you have what to you think it. they're going to do? Trade it. Right. Whoever wants to come up for Dwayne Haskins can have him. Mm. Or, Drew you Lock, or Drew Locke. Would you do that? Would you help the Giants, though? Would you yes. trade three to six? Oh, I could care less they about the Giants. They wouldn't help you last year. What about the Dolphins? No, they did. Well, they did. <laughs> Unintentionally. <laughs> yeah, Saquon. What about the Dolphins? No. Uh, Would you no. help your in-division rival? It depends on your evaluation you haul. of the quarterbacks. Because I, if you as a team feel that the quarterbacks that they would have available for them aren't any good, you go, sure, but you have to, you double-charge them. So if the, double G- charge. So so if the, the Jets, though, are like, wow, we really think Dwayne Haskins would be great, in a way you're like, I don't want to face I him twice. I bet the Jets yes. haven't done then any don't do on Dwayne Haskins, though. Yeah, because well, why would they? See, and this is right? why, but this is why That's I argue that you always to. should. But yes. I bet they haven't. You always should. The, I know Matt but when he knows something, that, but like, he's not that, allowed to say that. Yeah, that tree, was a sketchy That face. tree yeah. of front office. His lip goes like this. He's like, yeah, he quivers, yeah. And, he, and he sits there, and his Ooh, eyes like, get I, really big. Sources tell me. Yeah. Matt, <laughs> Matt is like a roller coaster, like in terms of waking up. I see him oh, this morning, he he's like, I'm fucking exhausted. And then like he slowly comes back to life, and yeah. then you get to like 8 o'clock at night, and it's all the way up top, and then yeah. bam, yeah. hits the floor. <laughs> 8 o'clock he's tonight, done. I'm going to be on that like four old-fashioned high, and then smack. Mm. Yeah, and but I'll um, sleep. it'll be great. No, you you really can't trade to a division rival. Yeah, it's no. Killer. But they got to get out of this pick. Okay, so here's my devil's advocate pick now, and I think this is it's not sexy. I don't think people will be like, yeah, cool, like Juwan Taylor. No, but close. The Jets don't have a center right now. Draft Jonah Williams, play oh. him at center, and then when Kelvin Beecham's contract runs out, you move him to left tackle. Mm. So you get like two for one. Yeah. Jonah Williams, I still think Jonah Williams is really good. I really like Jonah Williams. You just have to trade back really far to convince me that to do that. Then I don't think you really like him, though. Because if you really liked him, you could sit there and be like, man, we got this need. Not a three. Are you <laughs> upset that with all that with C.J. Mosley signing that you're definitely not getting Devin White? No, because C.J. Mosley, fun fact, when I was in, I think that was my senior year of college, it was the first year I ever like did the draft from my wherever I lived in shithole. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, for a blog for free, CJ mostly was like the first player when I did a board that I ever truly like loved. Wow! Like I loved. CJ oh, so then Mosley. how do you feel right now? I couldn't be happier. If, I didn't even care. Are you what, a Jersey buyer? No. Okay. If you were, so here's when I will be. I said when I make a home office, I will be a Jersey buyer because I'll hang them up. Gotcha. That's what I do. Yeah. Like I want to. Like my first one will be Jamal Adams LSU because I love LSU. Like right. just from going there. Oh man, I love and Jamal Adams. He's on the Jets. Yeah. The Predators made me a, a custom jersey. Yeah, like you got to hang that up. That's a, yeah, yeah, that's really cool. That's a big one. So, Manchester United made me a Lefko jersey when I first started Bleach Report, and I gave it to my brother. Oh, wow. Because <laughs> yeah, he likes soccer. I just right? give him all my free shit. Oh, well, I gave mine a job, so I understand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, all right, so I'm, I'm looking at this. Uh, who are player? Who is a player that you think is going to be overdrafted on draft day? Who's a player that you guys are already going, man, I DK can't... DK Metcalf. Mm. Rashawn Gary. Holy shit. Those are the two names that I thought <laughs> oh, you were going to say. Oh, my God. Yeah, Rashawn Gary, I'm seeing in everybody's top ten right now. I haven't been in the top ten. I I just... I turn it. So you mind. guys are too different on this oh, one. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll look yeah. him up for you right now. All right, you go first, I'm Miller. at six. I think you can't... I've His said measurables to the combine were insane. 39. He's an athlete. 39. 39? 39. That's where you have him on your big I board. I have him we, we, we need to come back like in a year. That's what I'm saying. No, yes. that's, so, okay, so you have a Gar- year's probably not soon enough. Gary at 39 versus six. Let me hear the six argument. Well, you, it's all about traits. Like you can't, 
I've said this so many times, you can't be like, well, watch Ohio State in 2017 and you see him do this and this and this. You, you just can't. It's not there. It, but when you see someone who is his size, as fast as he is, as strong as he is, unless he's just mentally soft and it doesn't, he seems to be pretty sharp to me, then like that works. You know? So then how do you justify it? The not having production? Yeah. I think some of it could be usage. You know, they ask him to play inside a lot at Michigan when I think he's actually best on the outside. Uh, on the inside, teams were able to double him, chip him a lot, which is why guys like Chase Winovich on the edge was able to have a ton of production because everyone's focused on Rashawn Gary. So mm. I, I think it's it, it takes a little more context, but you can also – it's like Josh Allen last year. If you like him, you can look at the yeah. context and say, well, but look at these reasons why he wasn't productive. Mm. If you don't like him, you can say – but he's got to be productive. Right. And now your 39th argument. Okay. so <laughs> That he wasn't productive. Uh, the film isn't really good. He was hurt. And I get a lot of Solomon Thomas vibes. A player that I really did like. And Everybody learned, loves Solomon Thomas. Learned the hard way. What did you learn from Solomon Thomas? Just that these tweeners that are athletes that we bet on don't always translate. And right. then I look at their athletic profiles and you go, okay, Solomon Thomas, 46940. Gary was a 458. Three cone, which is the most important thing for defense linemen. Solomon Thomas, 695. Rashawn Gary, 726. Wow, 726 is bad, man. Bad. Well, not, I mean, at 277. It's, yes. It's not, exactly. Yeah, it's, not bad. it's not the elite. How much things. did Solomon Thomas weigh? He actually weighed 273, but Solomon Thomas's three cone was in like the 90th percentile. Yeah, yeah it's amazing. Like really, really it was good. amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, if I'm at 39. I think he's a developmental pass rusher where he's so raw. Matt is spot on. He has all the traits in the world. But you get to Michigan and you're the guy higher rated than Ed Oliver. And you're you're this guy that is fighting through injuries and the instincts on film aren't really there. I'm like, I can't take him in the top 15. Mm. I can't do it. So what do you say when you hear that? Uh, I, I was thinking about Solomon Thomas because uh, <laughs> I used to be a Niners fan. And uh, I, I honestly, you're not allowed. You're still a Niners fan. I honestly, when think you're Solomon on this show. Thomas was just put in. He was a redshirt sophomore, so he was he played one year at Stanford, and he went to the Niners and was expected to be Warren Sapp. That's what John Lynch said. Donald, I yeah. got my Warren Sapp and I got my Derek Brooks with Reuben Foster, and he was expected to be something he's not. If he had been able to go somewhere and play as a six technique defensive end in a four three, we'd probably be talking about a different trajectory mm. for him but instead he was the number three pick in the draft and he just he he should have never really been drafted that highly I don't think I think a lot of people overvalued you know his character and his leadership and his absolutely football IQ when we first started talking about Solomon and Thomas I think Aaron Donald came out the year before so an undersized interior defensive lineman was like very in vogue at the time yeah yeah I mean that 2017 draft was kind of a weird one too, you know. I mean, like, because you're talking about like, oh, the best players are Jamal Adams, but you don't take a safety that high. And then, but there's Reuben Foster, but he's crazy. And there's Leonard Fournette, but he's hurt. And there's this incredible quarterback, but he went to Texas Tech. Yeah. <sighs> or Deshaun Watson turned the ball over too much at Clemson. Yeah. You know, like those were the. It was a weird draft year. Um, DK Metcalf, where do you have him in your big board? Um, I have him in the 20s, I believe, which is like a concession by me. I'm at 21, which is not where I want him to be. But you really want him to be where? Like 45? Like, no, like 39 probably right there with Rashawn Gary on yeah. Connor's board. Yeah, I've met 17. I so think DK's – he's so raw. 
the thing with that is like if it clicks or if he goes somewhere where they okay like you're really good at straight line if they use him he's gonna be fantastic when has this guy ever clicked and when i say this guy i mean every year there's yeah. a wide receiver that tears up the combine I, and we go but if Prashad Perryman clicks <laughs> but if, if kevin white clicks if Corey davis john ross if darius hayward bay clicks yeah. and when has it ever clicked um Kenny Britt, maybe for a moment, you know, like I mean, but it but doesn't. But like Mike yeah. Evans had production. No, Mike Evans was great. He yeah, had production. He's not. He's not a combine. Yeah, player. yeah. I don't know with Keem Butler. I just watching him play. I've never seen. Not it. a Keem Butler. Or, I'm sorry, but Keem he Butler. has the yeah. same argument. Right. For both. I do. So yeah. That's why. For DK, yeah. yeah. Hakeem at least has some moments where you're like, oh man. But yeah, with DK, I, I like my big joke is I want to see if he can put a seatbelt on. What? Like, can he put a seatbelt on? You know, like bodybuilders, they're so stiff, they can't oh, reach yeah. back. And I, you know on. what? I guess if you're reaching down for balls. Right. What is his ability to adjust to the ball? Because at Ole Miss, he really ran one route. And he had guys like A.J. Brown. So I asked this to Connor. Scare <laughs> combo. If you had D.K. Metcalf, why not put him on the outside and have him run 30 goes? And if he's got single coverage, you lob it up. And if he doesn't, you know they got to be afraid of his speed. Right. Like, can you build an offense where you yes. just go, he's faster and bigger than everybody, and guess what? He's going deep. That's one the out thing of every about you have to go points. to the right spot. Because if you go somewhere where they want nuanced route running, like if he goes to New England, which he won't, like it's not going to work. Yeah, but if he goes to New England, they'll customize their offense around yeah, They would put him at tight end. Yeah, they'll, so figure, out, actually, yeah, yeah. they'll figure out the best I'll way. I'll say this with DK, and I think Matt agrees with me, considering we have him, what, four spots different. Yeah. I mean, I have him 17, you said 21, something like that. Very similar. There are times where he's so physically impressive in a way that is more impressive than Kevin White. More, impre- You know what I mean? Like Where it's like, oh, in the red zone, he's going to win the jump ball. Or if you throw him a screen... He's going to pick up 25 yards because he can cut, he can stiff arm, he can run through you, he can run around you. So I do think, and we're probably getting, maybe we're getting suckered in again, but I would bet on him. Like, I would bet on in that range. It's... It's interesting to hear you say that because, like, it's it's like Rashawn Gary all over again. Yeah. Like, at some make point, your bets. Like, at some point, you don't want to bet against traits. That's why, like, with Baker last year or Kyler this year, you'll hear people say, like, I'm not going to bet on that guy because he doesn't fit the thresholds. You you will bet on the guy who's has the traits, which it's, it should almost be the opposite because yeah. I think you can look at just really good football I mean, players are still really good football players. Exactly. There's so many calculated bets you take when you do the draft analyst role, like. Devin Bush is probably a more re- NFL-ready linebacker right now than Devin White, but Devin White is just so rare and right. has made so many yep. jumps over the last two years. We're like, okay, I like Devin White a little better because I do see a higher ceiling, and it just feels like he's going to hit it. So I'm looking at the at like some mocks and stuff, and I'm going, DK Metcalf, a lot of people had him going like nine to Buffalo. Buffalo just went out and picked up two wide receivers yeah. in free agency. Yeah, And I'm kind of looking at the other teams, and I'm going, you know – DK Metcalf going to Green Bay at 12 would be a lot of fun. You know what I think will happen, though? Yeah. Jacksonville at 7. Jacksonville at 7. Just got Nick Foles. They really don't have receivers. Like, think of all the yeah. guys that left in free agency. I just think they have the so many other holes. They really do. Yeah, but, you know, defensively, they kind of kept some of their guys. Their offensive line, like, fell off a cliff yeah. last year. So, I don't see Detroit making a lot of sense because they have their two guys there. Right. Denver, 
I know yeah. they do need a wide receiver. Badly. Well, I like Cortland Sutton, and I like yeah. Deshaun Hamilton. Yeah. But you know, like they're not sure what's going to happen with Emmanuel Sanders and, and all that stuff. Right. But I look at at Miami. I don't even know who their quarterback is. I look at Atlanta, and I go, No, I don't think so. No, uh, Washington. I, I just you need a quarterback first. Yeah, exactly. Carolina is interesting. They are interesting. They need offensive line help yes. so badly. I think we've all and they need defensive end help. So we've always been like, well, that's a that's a Jonah Williams spot, or that's a Cleveland Furl spot. Cleveland, Cleveland would make some sense. I mean, they've been trying to hit the home run. Everybody and your brother will tell you they've been trying to get OBJ. Yeah. for like a month. Yeah, so it it would make some sense to me. And then if somehow he falls to twenty to Pittsburgh. Oh, he's God. he's their new Martavis. But they'll just take a guy on day two and make him a star. You're right. Yeah, they this will what they take do. J.J. Arcega-Whiteside yes. in the third round. So now I'm going to really Samuel. Yeah. I don't know. think there's any way he falls this far, but I'm thinking about maybe teams trading up. Seattle, interesting. Uh, Baltimore. They need a receiver. Interesting. Uh, Houston, meh. Yeah. You just wanted to go to the Eagles. You're well, no, no I'm, I'm, I'm thinking like if you know if he was there for Oakland at 24, him and AB is a pretty awesome combination. Can I ask you an unscripted question on your own podcast? I, I've, there's no script here. Where are you at on Derek Barnett now? Because remember, you had your yeah. famous like you walked yes. off the set like I can't believe we drafted the fat pass rusher. Yes. fuck this team, and then like you'll win a Super Bowl. And I feel like he had a above average rookie season. I thought he was solid. I thought he made a bunch of plays. Like he was the one that recovered the fumble to win the Super Bowl. Uh, last year he gets hurt. The Eagles are investing in Derek Barnett as their next defensive end. They go out there, they get Malik Jackson with Fletcher Cox, they pay Brandon Graham. Derek Barnett is the other guy now. He has to be the guy. Yeah. In in basketball, he's our Ben Simmons. In baseball, he's our Reese Hoskins. He is the guy that has to hit to make this all work. I think that Derek Barnett, to me, is a very solid pass rusher. And I'm curious to see how he comes back from the injury with a whole year of working out right. rehab and all that. I didn't think he was that quick around the edge. I didn't think no. he was that great against the run. He was crafty, though. But he seems like a very solid defensive end. Yeah, I just That was one of my favorite moments ever with oh, you. Oh, it was amazing. That and Joe Cardona. Joe Cardona. Who has like five Super Bowl rings now. It's incredible. Right? Joe Cardona. What a, what a career. But the thing about Derek Barnett is he that, that was the reason that I reacted that way. There are certain storylines around draft time that we just talk too much about. Like the Reggie White yeah. statistic was just, that doesn't mean it's going to translate. Right. Like if that was the case, the kid from Louisiana Tech would be, a, Ferguson, yeah. he would be a top 15 pick. He not. broke Terrell Suggs' sack record. But it, it, production doesn't always translate. So that was my issue. Um, who do you got? Who's your favorite player in the draft? Yours was Ed Oliver and Devin White are your two favorite players. I just, think favorite when you talk about like my top players, yes. Nick Bosa, but like you just have favorite. Your players. favorite? Oh yeah, I, yeah. I think you're Those there with Devin two. White as well. I'm gonna Josh Jacobs from Alabama. Yep. I running love back. Josh Jacobs. Yeah. I got to actually, and these videos are gonna come out later. Do interviews with a top draft prospect and then a Hall of Famer. So I got to be in the room with Terrell Davis and Josh Jacobs oh, man. and just talk for. Like twenty minutes, yeah. And I did this with Nick Bosa and Orlando Pace. I did this with uh, your dude from Louisiana Tech, and and I can't remember the Hall of Famer's name right now. But I did it with Tim Brown and the Hunter Renfro from oh. Clemson. Fred <laughs> Dean was the defensive end. That's great. There were there were a few moments that were super cool. Hunter Renfro is in awe 
of Tim Brown. Like, Hunter Renfro is like one of those guys that knows history, and he's like, you played for 17 years. Like, how did you last that long? And he's like a little kid. He's been at Clemson that long, so he should know. That's true. He is 34 years old. People forget. the cool thing was, with Josh Jacobs and Terrell Davis, it ended... And Josh Jacobs was still asking questions to Terrell Davis. And he's still, and he's all ears. And the attention is there. And the fo- and I'm going, man, because I, I didn't know who Josh Jacobs was. You know, I'm able to handle interviews and be like, yeah. you know, you had a big old career there in Alabama. But I'm sitting there. And, I'm, and, and while he's the, like, I started for one year, dude. And while, and while he's talking, I'm surveying up and down. And I'm looking at his legs. And I'm going, Dear fucking yeah. God. Like, yeah. he didn't have the Nick Bosa quads, but I'm yeah, going, those are, those are I'm nice. looking at him and Terrell Davis. I'm going, similar body type yeah. between these two. I compared him to Frank Gore, like a young Frank wow. Gore. He's just so smart and instinctive as a runner, like to pick his spot, and he never loses yards. He catches the ball well. Like, he's he's talented. If I could take two, my other one. Yeah, yeah please. Like, Rocky Ascend from Temple. Like, I love And this, kid. he's a safety? He's a corner. Corner. He's big. He's physical. Like everyone you talk to, uh, will be like, he's just a football player, right? Which mm. is like the best compliment you can give a, yeah. a prospect. Oh, he's a football player. Like, I just I love watching him play. If I could only watch two players in this draft, you know, for a weekend, it would be those two because I just, I like the way they play ball. Josh Jacobs like just destroying people. Yes. Like, oh, you just, I'm just gonna put a shoulder on you and put you in your grave. Like that's, that's and you're not worried about Alabama running backs and the history and all that stuff. Um. I think he's different because he was a one-year starter, so there's not the wear and tear. Uh, coincidentally enough, he is hurt right now, so I think you have to worry about that I a do agree bit. with you. The, if you can find the Alabama guy without the wear and tear, that's the dream. I think Alabama's – I think that's changing. I think you the think narrative. So? I think they've gotten smarter about how they take care of their players. They don't run them into the ground like they used to, which Man. they can't. There's too much depth. Like you, you can't do that anymore. It's not like Derrick Henry rushing 90 yeah, times in the last two games. Every unit. Yeah, they now. go. Four when you watch Alabama back. film, you have to like skip four minutes some, sometimes because the guy won't yeah. be in on a series, mm. and you're just like, oh, all right. Like, uh, the story of draft night will be Kyler Murray. Yeah, I, I have no doubt about that. What do you think the other storylines, just kind of having done a few mocks, talking to people, like what else will define draft? I think it'll be how many defensive players are drafted in the first round. I mean, we could be looking at 23 or 24 defensive players out of the first 32 picks. Wow. Which is just an unreal year. And I mean, we're going to see three or four quarterbacks drafted, uh, a couple tight ends, a couple offensive linemen, but it's going to be two thirds of the draft in the first round is going to be defense. It's just a great year for that, whether it's edge, D line. You know, we talked about Devin White, Devin Bush. Um, there's a lot of good corners, a couple safeties. Yeah. So I think it'll be the, the guys on defense. I would say my early guys, my early favorites, I think Noah Fant is yep. one of my favorites just because he's so fluid. And the way that I feel about interior pass rushers is the way that I feel about pass-catching tight ends. I'd rather have a great pass-catching tight end than an above-average wide receiver. I just trust them more. I can use them for a million things. And the other guy that I would say is one of my favorites... I was going to say TJ Hawkinson. I really like (laughs) Nikhil Harry. Okay. Oh, yeah, we've heard this one. Yeah. Yeah, like, he was just this guy that, like, dominated every time I watched a late-night Arizona State game. And then I go to the Combine, and all the the measurables matched up. They look good. Why am I crazy? You're not. I mean, we're laughing because our our other host, Mello, loves to kill Harry. And, like, he's always like, prove me wrong. Like, show me where he's not good. That's what I'm saying. And we're like, well, uh... He's not fast, and then he runs like a four five five. That's what I like, mean. Well, 
shit, okay. No, he's good. He is good. I I think I have him as my number two receiver right now. I like Nikhil Harry a lot. He's going to be like the, he could be the sneaky guy, like he could be the Alshon, the Michael Thomas, where if he if he can go to the right team in the top of the second round, like he could be the Pro Bowler that comes out of that. You know, second day. I, I think that's going to be AJ Brown when I look at this receiver class. I love AJ Brown. Somebody where it's like we have just never really been talking about him since summer, and then you look at him, he's the same guy. Yeah, still really good. Yeah, he's great after the catch. Like he's reliable. Everyone he's a good freaks athlete. out because he played in the slot. Yeah. Like okay, who cares? Can yeah. he run routes? I think that's an advantage. I do too. Like because I, I feel like I feel like the 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 increase of play action last year they went up in the NFL and. Or offensive coordinators are realizing, don't put your guy all the way out at the hash. Yeah, put him in the slot. Like Julio Jones mainly works in the slot, right? And I don't see anyone complaining yeah. about that. It's Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, Larry Fitzgerald extended his career that way. Yes. It's just a weird thing for people to nitpick this time of year. I mean, I, I, this is my ninth draft of Bleacher Report. I think it's just that time. Like I remember people getting on Joey Bosa because he couldn't bend. <laughs> you know, it's like, right. oh my goodness, like we're just arguing to argue at this point. All right. I feel uh, I have some uh, good notes. I'm going to have you guys come back again. I feel like you're going to be coming up a lot more as we get closer. I to think draft so. Time. I think I'm going to. You remember that year where I kind of lived here? I think it's going to be like that again. Nice. Yeah. Live in a hotel. No one tell my girlfriend, please. Just wa- get the hotel to wash your undies. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I mean, I, I we stayed in an Airbnb mobile where I had to do a scavenger hunt to find the the washer and dryer. But it was like a haunted mansion. It was like San Denis from Red Dead. Yeah. What? Was, yeah, yeah. The house was. It was great. When you guys go to a hotel, do you unpack and put your stuff in the drawers or oh, do you leave your bag? I do. I, I like Matt. I, I have to. It's the first thing I do. If I'm That's there, serial killer. If I'm there for like longer than two days, I'm in That's... town for two nights. I've already done it. Wow. I did it last night when I got in. That's insane. But I'll also like take towels and I'll put it in the drawers because those just, drawers are crazy. Just gonna say, can you imagine what's been in those drawers? That's why I put towels down. Matt yeah. doesn't now. No, he's I'm gonna like, do it. now you're I'm like taking pillowcases. You got bed <laughs> bugs on your clothes. Like I stay in hotels where there better not be bed <laughs> bugs. Okay, just <laughs> be honest. All right. So over the next few weeks, you're gonna have a lot of NFL teams trying to dissuade you guys, trying to give you Fool information. Yeah. I wish you luck Thank in, you. The, <laughs> in the month of deception. I thought he yeah. was gonna say like, you know, like. Don't go for it. Like yeah. some advice, he goes. Good luck. Yeah, yeah. it's That's great. Hard. No, you're right though. Honestly, it's we joke and we laugh about it, but yeah, it's a, it's a wicked game. Yeah, but I'm excited. The draft's going to be a lot of fun. It is. Make sure you check out Stick to Football. You have a uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Monday, Wednesday. You're going three days a week during draft season. Uh, we're three days a week all oh, around yeah. now. Yeah. Now full time. So, Feel good. Full time. Yeah, it's great. I'm excited to like. We're going to stretch a little bit this summer and have fun and get back to our roots and talk about baseball and beer and yeah. barbecue. You know, we, we do tailgate tours. We're on the road a lot. We're yeah. doing a Royals tailgate this month. So. But really, this is the time. This is the time. Man. I'll say this, too. It was a it was like a Bleacher Report decision, I, I think, last year where it was like, let's own the draft year-round. And you guys have kind of owned it. And I think what's cool is you guys are more calm than I've ever seen you. Like, I feel like you guys have been covering it all year to where it's not, and I know you guys always have, but it hasn't been the super grind. Yeah. Like, right. Do you feel more prepared? Yes. Yeah. But I think you can also be overprepared where you've like, I you've agree. run so many scenarios. I was telling our producer, uh, Sean McManus, this was like, let's not overprepare because then draft night will come around and I'll be like, wait, I thought the Ravens took this guy. Do you remember that year where that happened? We did one uh, pre- preparation where we would do fake draft shows like four we times a week yeah. and and then like during the draft 
we were all referencing fake scenarios <laughs> right. that we had done. We're like, we're like <laughs> Jarvis Landry at seventeen. I thought he got picked at number nine. Program to yeah. do, yeah, yeah, so, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, it's. I feel better this year than ever before because of you know doing the podcast three times a week, writing yeah. as often as I do. Um, and we have a great support staff with Stick to Football. Where there's three of us hosting that we can rotate. You know, Connor's doing two shows a week. Melo's doing two shows a right. week. Uh, I'm on three shows a week, and and I think that helps. Like. When you get to sit down and talk football with your best friends, that's the best. It's it's fun. Yeah. Yeah, It's always been fun, and we haven't ever changed. That's a good thing. Like, the show is still the show. Yes. It's just, you know, just a little bigger, a little, you know, a little more. Uh, It's fun, but it goes back to your point how we're calm. Like, I've gotten so much better at, at not just taking the Excel sheet and just throwing guys around. Like, I'm like, I know I really like Ed Oliver and Quinn and Williams, and like, but those are the obvious examples. But even guys in like the top of the second round, I'm like, just that you know what they are. Yeah. And now I write everything down, which I used to be really bad at, where every time I go to change my mind, I read what I wrote yeah, at the time, the and I go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, just relax. Calm down. Fucking relax. Like, yeah, take okay. it easy. That's awesome. So, it's, it, you're right. You're 100% right. All right. Get over there. Make sure that you're subscribed to Stick to Football. We're going to have them on again, because obviously they know what the hell they're talking about it. Uh, Nick, roll that funky beat. For Connor. <laughs> for Miller. I am the L-E-F-K-O-E. Man. Yes. <laughs> it's good to have it in the building. Uh, guys, I'm just going to shoot my shot already. This morning... I had to sit down for about a half an hour with Charles Barkley, and I offered him to be a sports uncle. That episode is coming on Tuesday. That answer, we'll find out. We'll see you guys later. Peace.